Welcome to the Keel Hall Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, I am joined once again by the stowaway that just can't seem to get his uh, own ship. I don't know. Maybe I'm just going to accept him as the part of the crew at this point. But Caleb from the Trailblazer Network is joining me once again. This week, we're going to be talking all about the Tall Tales. Last week, we covered all of the updates and thought we were going to have time to cover Tall Tales, but we decided to hold off, postpone it for time being, and dive in deep into the Tall Tales this week. We're going to be covering uh, two through five uh, as we covered all the patch notes and some a little bit of discussion about the Tall Tales last week. But all that begins, I have to say thank you to all of the patrons out there who are supporting the podcast. There are a ton of you. Uh, just a reminder, I think next week we are actually doing the uh, watch along for Pirates of the Caribbean 4 uh, on Stranger Tides. Uh, that will be on Saturday. If you are interested and want to know more, uh, check with the Discord. Uh, we're going to find some more information in there. I'll post uh, it when when I have a time. It should be around 11 a.m. Pacific time. And this week, I have to thank Bentley Beaver, Chateau Neuf, Chris Horn, and Cosmic Johnson, who are all joining us on the uh, helm, as well as taking care of the barrels downstairs uh, below deck. El Jefe Esteban, Trix Trickster, excuse me, sorry, Trickster, uh, Jabaro5, and Kazia the Rogue are all on the brig. Uh, Lumpy SRQ, Dub Dub Goose, Evil Morpheus, and Xbox Mike are all playing around with the harpoons as they jump off and try and shoot each other with a harpoon uh, as they try and make sure that they don't hit the water. It's been really funny watching that. Uh, Munchie, who is the latest patron, is joining Papa Fuzz, Regis Stella, and Rust Belt Kit over on the starboard side cannons. TN Professor, Big Bad Pad, Mina Fairy, and Superjack are all playing with the sails, and uh, they are, they're just raising them and having fun with those. I don't know why they're playing around with the sails. Davram TV, Fergatron, Straw Hat, Connor, Tech Deku are all on the port side cannons. Then we have Windsor Chris and Zamwow as the boarders this week. They're the ones that are going to be heading over to other ships to try and anchor them, get them uh, locked down so that we can take whatever uh, treasure they have. Uh, Pirates, if you have any questions, questions concerns want to join up with the patron uh it means a lot that they that they support the podcast you head over to patreon.com forward slash keelhog podcast if you have any questions or not sure where to go check the show notes that tells you everywhere uh that you need to go to get all the social media information that you could possibly want for the show one last thing that i did want to ask uh before we get into this episode um I would like to see if folks have time. Give an honest review over at iTunes. Uh, let me know how the podcast is doing. Um, we're doing really well. The show has had a lot of new viewers, and, or not viewers, listeners. And uh, I, I love to hear feedback on what folks um, would like to have. So bring that to either the Discord or uh, iTunes, reviews, wherever you see a review. Um, give some, some feedback so I know how things are going. Everyone seems to be pretty happy right now. Uh, but I love hearing what you do while you're listening to the podcast as well so uh that's all for this let's get into it caleb thank you for joining me once again uh caleb welcome to the podcast once again how are you doing i'm doing good uh why have my own ship when i can continuously just spawn camp you and use yours that's what i say i agree but you're not actually spawn camping me Unless following me around is considered spawn camping. Is that not what everyone's been complaining about? Just sticking behind you? 
that's part of it. I think there might be a blunderbuss somewhere in and around that engagement, but you, it doesn't happen to me, so I don't really know. I have taken one bite out of all of your pineapples and put them back. That's fine. As, leave, as, as long as you leave the worms. <laughs> which you can feed to uh, the parakeet, which is uh, great and adorable. And if you feed it to a cat, it goes through like a hairball animation that is very gross and very accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Don't feed cats food that they shouldn't be eating, please. That's just mean. Mm -mm. It's like trying to shoot it. Dogs will eat anything, but they also will vomit it up. Yes. Yeah. In the game. I don't know. <laughs> dogs. I'm not going to get into dogs versus cats. I think uh, I think I'll leave that that debate for another day. Um, so. No one should. There's enough room in my heart for all of them, for all God's animals. What about? Well, all God's cute animals. I'm not a, a big bug. What guy. about the animals that are the devil's animals? What about them? Uh, I've, I've I've certainly heard that God created dogs and the devil created cats. So maybe. Okay, I'm just wondering where hedgehogs lie in the in the scheme of things. Uh. It's it's hard to see where they lie because they run so fast. You can't get That's it. true. You don't ever really see hedgehogs lying. Uh, just picture like as you just gradually hear the Sonic theme song come up and then, you know, pass you with the, what's that effect called? The, the Doppler effect. You. The Doppler effect. That's how you know where hedgehogs are. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, at some point we're going to talk about Sea Thieves, right? Like that's the goal mm -hmm. of the podcast. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think I think everyone's learned here now that you and I uh, haven't been a part of an improv group and probably never should. That's true. That's actually I actually I have no clue if you actually have been. I don't know if you have. If you have, you've been doing a really good job. I've never been a part of an improv group. I'm just an idiot, so I will happily segue <laughs> and go on tangents at any given point. I haven't, but I did take an acting class in college because it was fun. Yeah, I I did acting in high school and I took courses in uh, college, community college. And then I got a B because I overacted, which I think is a, a, a real stain on the. Well, I guess they've never heard of. Uh, oh, gosh, darn it. I can't. My aphasia is <laughs> the guy who was in Lord of War. Lord of War. I don't know who you're talking about. But basically well, any. Come on. He was also he was also a ghostwriter. Oh, I'm, we don't need to say his name. It's fine. It's oh, no, okay. we don't need to say his name. It's all right. I don't have a huge hatred for him at all. Uh, but I will say that any theater actor will happily state that overacting and overemphasizing is a key part of actually being on theater because you're not up close in front of a camera where everything reads cleaner. Mm -hmm. You have to let people know how you feel about things. Whatever. So I'm not getting into why I think my uh acting teacher back in like 2004 was a horrible teacher uh i will retain it does sound like you need to talk to somebody about it i can recommend a good therapist oh so you're not going to listen to my pains and woes what a good friend <laughs> well i can if you pay me i got a venmo you do have venmo that's true okay well i'll take that into consideration depending on your rates and maybe i can get a discount Wait, haven't you been getting the charges for doing these episodes? I thought I was doing you a favor. No, actually, everything's uh, through PayPal. I don't actually use Venmo. <laughs> so those charges probably null uh, past the uh, the statu uh, statute of limitations, I guess. Is that a thing for podcast charges? 
I don't know. Should we move on to Tall Tales in that case? We should. Well, let's get into Tall Tale 2. Um, We've we've been talking a lot about this. Uh, We'll dive into it and uh, see if we can come out with some good thoughts. I thought this was a really good one, and I'm looking forward to hear some of your thoughts. Did you want to move into Tall Tales? Yes, let's do it. All right. Because I am, of course, the best person to talk about lore. It's true. Uh, with you not reading any of the expanded universe comics, books, uh, audiobooks, I, they even made an audiobook version. In well, let me ask you, Logan, why the heck would I when apparently even the rare developers don't listen to them or read them? Uh, because we fought a Kraken who had two eyes. Uh, that's interesting now, isn't it? It seems like Caleb's method of not looking at content outside the game works for him again. Victorious. You can shower me with with flowers now. I have no response for that, honestly. I would love to understand who this Kraken is and why she's posing as the one that's been in the game the whole time when <laughs> clearly she has two eyes. Maybe maybe it, I, I will chalk it up to uh, three years worth of development and potentially forgetting a, a small aspect of the game from the expanded universe. I don't know. I, oh, I Logan, always... Logan. Real quick, you yes. have a little bit of brown on your mm-hmm. nose. You might want to wipe that off. Oh, sorry. Hold on. <laughs> there we go. Got it off. Yeah, there you go. Uh, uh, so Tall Tale 2 <laughs> is the sunken pearl. Uh, this was this was actually really beautiful, um, even though it was exceptionally bugged uh, to begin with. And even after they put in a hot patch uh, or a hot fix, uh, I still ran into a couple weird, weird instances with this. Um, I wanted to bring this one up with you uh because i i've i was curious to hear your aspect of being able to actually swim down to see the pearl uh we've we've got these breathing tubes which if you look at real life these would actually be sulfur tubes which are (laughs) extremely deadly (laughs) but for some reason they 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 seem to take on the uh, functionality of uh of the the little bubbles from sonic the hedgehog which i'm (laughs) okay with i could just oh the flashbacks the nightmares you've just given me dun 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 oh no (laughs) yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. i still feel like they need to have the little in the game uh, that would have been great yeah, little little cute little thing that would have been in there that you know what Tori totally discovered? couldn't do. Mm. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I apologize to Logan and every listener. I interrupt them so much. I, it's it's ADD and Discord audio delay. I promise you, uh, Tori. When we were swimming down, the very initial first swim down, you following pieces of of flotsam and shipwrecks. There's occasionally, there's bubbles coming off of a of a shipwreck. Uh, and I went to the bubbles to get air, but Tori discovered that what it is is you go underneath it, there's a pocket of air, like an upturned rowboat sort of thing, and that's where the bubbles are coming from. And if you go through there, you also get a breath of air. I didn't even notice that's, that. I never went under it. You know where I would... Oh, I would love if there was that kind of a functionality built into the shipwrecks at this point. Yes, because so spots for air, yeah. Yeah, if if there cuz some of those shipwrecks are deep mm-hmm. and some of those shipwrecks like there's no way to know like when those shipwrecks actually became shipwrecks, but it, it would be amazing if they added that functionality to some of the shipwrecks out in the regular adventure mode. Yeah. Uh so but I wanted to I wanted to jump into this because um as you're swimming down into the the seas, uh, they do a great job of using the debris to guide your path down because uh, yeah. it's fairly deep. 
Um, I've swam up to the top from the spire, uh, not using the debris and just swimming straight up and uh, almost died to to suffocation. Thankfully, I had a lot of fruit with me. So it is a, it's a good, good ways down. Um, and I'm curious, what did you think kind of what were your initial impressions? How did you feel when you first kind of uh, got down there and it opened up and you got to see the whole landscape? Mm-hmm wonder amazement going down following it with the coral the beautiful colors and then that song humming in your ears you going in it for the siren tall tale for there to be a song in your head perfect design and uh and then when it really all of the coral opens up when you get to the black pearl it had that moment that they sure designed for it to be like oh man look at that my breath got just got taken away it was it was it was it was awesome, and then you're like, oh, I'm getting to swim in the wreck of the black pearl, and, you, and then oh, is this crab alive? Let me snatch that key. Okay, all right, cool. Uh, it, it it was it was really cool. I had so much fun uh, going through there uh, m- numerous times because the first time I went through it, it had been done recently by another crew, so I never got to experience the move debris aspect of the of the pearl <laughs> and. <laughs> Yeah. So I felt I, you know, when I got back and I got to do it again, I was like swimming through there and I was like, it's all blocked off. This is so strange. I, I just swam through this all originally. It was open and getting to move the debris uh, was great from a design perspective. I kind of wish that you actually the way you interact with the crab to get the key. I wish was used throughout that that process. You had to actually go up and physically move the box. You had to go and actually pull the plank away to allow mm-hmm. the uh, the the cannon to to slide past, so you could swim underneath the debris. Gotcha. Uh, I, I it's it's a small thing, but it would have added to the atmosphere, mm-hmm. especially as a solo player going into it. It felt I felt alone, and I felt. Uh, like everything I had to do was was on my own. I, I can totally see how that would be weird if you're with multiple crew members and you're all sitting there waiting for Bill to to hurry up and move the thing uh, just so you can swim under it and stuff. But um, as you kind of went in, uh, you heard the mysterious voice and it's very serene. It's very beautiful when it starts out. And then it slowly starts to turn as you kind of work your way deeper and deeper into this coral fortress uh, were you happy with the way that they would they implemented the Siren Queen kind of being this overarching voice uh, akin to the Heart of Fire Tall Tale where Flameheart is taunting you throughout the process of going through the Tall Tale? Yeah, I like it because it, it's got a little environmental storytelling to it where she's not telepathy or anything like that or shouting at you from the sky, which makes sense for Flameheart. But it's you know it like a like an a, like a whale can communicate long distances through the water. They can carry their voice because they're just designed in that manner, as 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 a, I guess not fish sirens. I guess I would call them a freaking whales as a aquatic mammals, whatever. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But but yeah, right. sirens. You know, they have the ability to communicate through water in that manner, unlike our voice, which aren't designed to carry in that manner. So I thought that all really was was cool. It was cool going through um, the, 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 I don't know if it's called the spire, the, the, they call it something, a citadel, something like that. Uh, going through that and having like the spots where you go through to get on land and like, oh, there is land path because we have ocean crawlers. Oh, okay. And, uh, but having to raise the water because you can fill the area because if the mermaids in there, they want it to, to be all, or the sirens are in there, they want it to be all the water. Really good. Glad they kept that through. And then you see the kraken swim by a couple times before it's really announced and shown. And then right after it's like announced, like the next thing you have to do is go into open water. And you're like, 
I remember Tori and I were like, in, we, we didn't want to go into the open water. We're like, maybe we should stay here. Maybe something else is going to happen. No, I guess we have to go out. And then you fight the sirens for what could be for you the first time ever if you haven't fought them in adventure mode. Really cool. I'd say like the if I had to give one piece of negative feedback, Tori and I were lucky enough not to get any of the bugs. We got there and did the whole thing as intended. Uh, was that it was it didn't seem like a a lived in place for like a siren city or anything like that. Like it just kind of seemed very empty. The Siren Queen, we did fight her in, like, a, in one spot in Ocean Colors, kind of spawn a place. But it's not like it seems like a place that like they would live and and spend time in. I can see that criticism uh, to an extent. The, the, the instance that I can point to to say like why that isn't the case is the usage of the Rex in that spire. Uh, it's clear that the that the pearl has been chained and latched, and there are huge drag lines down yes. into that cavernous door mm-hmm. that shows like this is not the first time that they brought a shipwreck over here. Sure, uh, and a lot of the a lot of the structures that they have in there are built using shipwrecks. No, there's you know we didn't catch them you know during lunch, and, and you know there's a bunch of like little little sandwiches with tea. <laughs> on tables sitting around and they're like, Oh God, they're here. We got to go. We got to go get our, our tridents. You know, there's not that, but the, the etchings on the wall, um, proved to me that, you know, people have been there, uh, you know, the sirens vacating the area because they, they're intruders shows to me that they're, that they're being held back by the siren queen who is giving us the opportunity uh, to venture into that spire. Um, and that's even expressed in the words uh, as you slowly start to make your way into those first areas where you you go in, she talks about how there's a new light uh, being being brought to this dark area, and she'll use her power to help illuminate the way. She's anticipating us, and and as a result, I imagine that she probably let the other sirens know that she wants to drag us into this trap mm, okay. where she gets to show off this new because in in the interesting thing to me is um in the actual uh caverns you start to run into remnants of krakens uh there's a kraken spine that you use as a as a ramp uh there's a kraken skull in the area right before you're introduced to the kraken body um and it's clear to me that this was a precious thing to them you know they kept the body around and they 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 revere it enough to use its body um similar to way that like native americans used all aspects of, a, of an animal they really valued um the the things that they had and used them in their in their construction of their everyday life mm-hmm. and when you see the kraken for the first time uh the siren queen mentions how this was a gift uh from davy jones and how they treat it as a daughter uh, to them and if you look at the etchings it's clear that they revere these creatures and that they haven't had one for a while otherwise you know there would be uh, more krakens out in the world you can tell by krakens fall by by crooked masts uh, that most of the krakens have been exterminated in the sea of thieves and that having this one is kind of a, a joyous moment for the siren queen because it's a it's a powerful move it's a powerful thing to go up against ships you know to go against pirates so I having that get moment that from i thought really she said the gift from davy jones was the black pearl mm. i'd have to go back I'll to have... i assume that they always had a kraken because there's always been a kraken in the game 
There has always been a Kraken in the game. Uh, and the Kraken but, that David Jones would gift would not look like that. So that is where it ties into the the Kraken that Davy Jones um, controls. See, this is where this is where I have so many questions because we're we're literally debating on is the Kraken that Jones uh, controls the same Kraken that was killed in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, or was there a different Kraken that he then earned control? It of is because so muddled how the multiples. heck he's back, given that all the movies are canons and it's not very much explained. But even like in the final battle with them, he does the Kraken summon animation that to damage your ship, and he says, "I don't need a Kraken to hurt you." He doesn't really have control of a Kraken. I think he's definitely referring to the the Black Pearl. She's referring to Black Pearls, the gift David Jones gave her. But you could we can replay it and see it again. It's not worth getting hung I, up on. No, yeah, I totally, I totally plan on jumping back in to try and and that's and that's the trouble is, is a lot of the a lot of the stuff that she says is meddled in muddle in, in metaphor. So it's hard mm-hmm. to, to really pinpoint like what is she referencing when she's talking about the whispering plague or the song being lost or being yeah. abandoned by kin or you know being being uh, uh what did I say like abandoned by their former kin who we associate so freely with. Is that is that merfolk that she's talking about or the ancients? the ancient people like who are their former kin like kin to me is not the merfolk that are being transformed from pirates to me kin is like their actual kin like the merfolk that they're that are using the good staffs versus the tridents and it's Mm -hmm. like they they butted heads like there was a war between the two types of of merfolk the sirens and the merfolk Mm -hmm. and the merfolk are the ones that are helping us give back you know they're they're rebuilding our ships they're sending us back to our ships and the other ones the sirens which are are taking our ships which are destroying them uh which are 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 keeping control of the kraken it's like i i can't tell if there are factions like opposing minds in in uh in in the the merfolk it's like trying to tell the difference between mandalorians that are pacifists and mandalorians that are of death watch there's no clear indication of if that's true they're all mandalorians but like where's the distinction uh, you know do they wear a helmet that has a symbol on their head well mm-hmm. some merfolk do some merfolk don't let me give you so, from the strangest source a piece of lore from the patch notes a dark past has divided those who dwell beneath the waves corrupting some into deadly sirens that explains it um, so there are there Okay. is a corruption going on see this is where that that uh that actually feeds into the idea that because <laughs> the siren queen okay i want to jump forward you're so a little cute bit. when you get like so excited about the lore i sorry no don't be <laughs> sorry it's, I, a, this is how it's I get. a compliment it's cute it's adorable so this is how i get uh so okay so i want to jump forward um we, I, I was absolutely like devastated. It, it, I was, I was same, same with you, same with you and Tori. When I saw the Kraken, I was uh, amazed. It was beautiful. It was like watching Star Trek, uh, Star Trek, the fourth movie with the whales in the, in the Klingon warbird. It was beautiful. And then they're like, all right, go out there. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> no. And they're like, no, 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 no. You have to go out there. The way is blocked. You can't, you can't go back. You have to go forward. And I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to. And, uh, getting to fight the sirens was great. Um, but I want to skip forward to the, 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 oh God, how far do I skip forward? The battle everything. with the Kraken. Cause All right. look, Caleb be a Debbie Downer. I think it, it suffered from the same problem at the battle with the, um, 
Flying Dutchman, the first tall tale was, is you didn't get enough feedback. Am I doing damage? Am I, is there a health bar here? Do I have to like, oh, beat back each part of it? There wasn't enough feedback that it sort of just seemed like another bullet sponge, which seems to be a, a common uh, insult to hurl at the uh, rare developers. But it, it it wasn't a very, you didn't get enough feedback with that battle that it kind of fell a little flat because of that, in my humble opinion. Okay, so... As cool as the set piece was. Yeah, I actually really thought that fight was was really well really well designed. Um, okay, so we're at the Silver Blade. Um, if you've been following the journals throughout this tall tale, you've come to realize that the Silver Blade was sunken uh, as a result of the idiocy of Flameheart Junior and sailing too close to the Shroud. Thanks. I'm to the so mad that you were all content. right about the Silver Blade and Flameheart Junior. I was like, y'all with your sass and this outside stuff, and freaking now it's in the game. How dare you? I'm so upset. <laughs> I knew it was in the game at some point. We just had to find it. And and <laughs> it's funny because the the area that we found it was uh right where um it was it was in the same vicinity that I knew that we that it should have been. It should have been in the shores of plenty, we just didn't know where. The fact that it stayed true to that expanded universe really excites me. Uh the the interesting thing about it was when this when the ship sank um the merfolk actually rebuilt it and another crew happened upon it and took control of it and it's crazy to read these journals and and literally read through them and think like wow imagine um i can't i can't think of a good analogy but imagine being indiana jones and finding a cursed artifact and then having that artifact be dropped at some point and being uh, then fast forwarding to coming a- across it as some random person picking it up and thinking, oh, this is cool. I'm going to hang on to this <laughs> and not realizing the curse that is that is impending on this object. That is the silver blade. The silver blade is now a cursed object. And the fact that this other crew stumbles upon it and thinks free ship, sweet, and then cont- and then starts to use it and then wonder, like, why are skeleton ships constantly hunting down this uh this ship to the point where they're just like all right you know what fine you want the ship have the ship if you you don't get carol ann but you get the you get to have the the entire uh house so just suck the house into a hole and and move on i'm done with it and the fact that this crew died uh all because they happened to hop onto the wrong ship is it just it's so perfect to me it's so perfect it's like this cursed thing that no one expected to be cursed and when the journals talk about being chased by a by these skeleton ships i i'm i'm so curious because there's there's no indication uh who these ships are aligned to but we know two things uh skeleton fleets our, our skeleton ships are loyal to Wanda, thanks to a journal in the future. But Flameheart Jr. turned into a skeleton and has a crew of skeletons as well. So I want to know, when Dimitri of the Silver Blade was being chased down by a skeleton ship, was it Wanda's skeleton ship or was it Flameheart Jr.'s skeleton ship trying to reclaim their ship? Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm inclined to think that most that that um not like not like oh all skeleton ships belong to one person I'm, I'm inclined to what you're saying like there's different factions of skeletons of all kinds including the ship skeletons and i was thinking it was flameheart because i don't give a crap about flameheart jr but yeah it's it's real ambiguous but 
the, there was two things about that journal that confused me. One was he's like, and we thought the skeletons were the problem, but we were wrong. It was they were clawing at the bottom of our ship, and then you realize, oh, the sirens were after it too for some reason. And then he was like, oh, I was so distracted, I forgot about the chest, and we sank. And so the mermaids were the ones that ended up getting the treasure because of that chest. Yes. So the and treasure that, of the ship. Because they the wanted that, what was locked. They wanted that chest. They didn't care about the ship. They wanted what was in the hold. Now you, So that could you mean have, that the skeletons also wanted what was in the hold. Maybe the ship is, is a red herring and nobody cared about the ship and they were both fighting over that, that chest. So that's where I think it's two parts because I think it's both. And I think it's both on, on two different aspects. I think that the skeleton ships uh, that were chasing after the Silver Blade saw that it was the Silver Blade and wanted to get it back because they were Flameheart Jr.'s crews going after the Silver Blade, but also because of the chest and, and probably the hatred that came as a result of that chest. Or maybe Flameheart Jr. was going after the chest to try and reclaim it so that no one else could get at it. Or, but that or, also or, or. Flameheart wanted it so he could control the sirens. That's a I've got your chest. Too. Do what I say. And there's a good reason too, because that chest is very important to the game. Uh, because that chest, the ever the the chest of everlasting sorrow, I think is uh, and this is this is part of the game where I this is part of where I I, I run into a roadblock because I, I have so many thoughts in my head that I want to get out right now. Um, I'm going to try and, and, and have you help me along the path of, of how I think this works out. You finished up all of the tall tales. So you've seen everything, you've unlocked everything and you've been in there, right? Mm -hmm. So when you grab the chest, tell you something, and I've you... been there, I've seen it all. And you know what, <laughs> you know what the sound that scares me the most is? It's not the sound of the crack and screaming, the tentacles coming out. It's the sound of the silence that follows. <sighs> Uh, I I feel like that's a reference to Jaws, but I'm I feel like I'm missing it. Uh, but yes, I have done all the tall tales. Okay, so when you went into the secret chest area with the sunken chest uh, achievement, there was a bunch of scrawlings on the walls, mm -hmm. and all of those scrawlings were something that, for some reason, you can actually translate. I don't know how that works, but apparently, you can read scrawls on the walls. Uh, or scratches on the walls and the, the scratches tell a tale of the siren king and how the siren king was murdered um the thing that that surprises me about this is that it talks about how the siren king was interested in the people on land it doesn't say ancients it doesn't say pirates it just says land dwellers mm -hmm. and how he was speaking so graciously of the merfolk kin and how the people on land lured him with a promise. And I don't know what that promise was, but they then bound him and killed him subsequently. Uh, and then she, the Siren Queen, tried to reclaim his soul. And there was a point where she was so close uh, to, to catching uh, the ship that had his soul. And that she missed it and that she would never be able to uh, have his soul be set free. The thing that excites me about this is that it ties in so well 
to the story of Flameheart Jr. and the Silver Blade uh, and Flameheart Sr. Because in, the, in A Tale of Sea of Thieves, the book talks about how Flameheart Jr. goes out and he acquires this chest. And this chest is a cursed chest and they leave it in the brig. And when you talk about how Dimitri sailing the Silver Blade with the chest that was still in the brig uh hears that clawing and how how it feels like the the merfolk are going after it the sirens are going after the ship as well as the skeleton ships it tells me that that was the siren queen commanding her uh Mm -hmm. her loyal subjects to go after the siren king's soul which is trapped in that chest of ever longing sorrow Mm -hmm. and if that still tracks with you yeah uh you know um that the king capital k that had slayed the siren king is a reference to flame heart and my theory is based off of the tall tale journal in tall tale 4 where wanda references flame heart as the king of sea of thieves no, and I think you, I th- you've dipped too far. He was just the okay. Siren King. He was the Siren King. When you find his body, he has a crown. It, she's the queen. It was her king. Killed by... Not, okay. not, Flameheart, not Flameheart being the Siren King. I don't know if that was clear. What were you saying then? So uh, in, the, in the actual scrawlings, it talks about how the Land Dweller's King slayed oh. the Siren King. Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, and the you. only the only king that we've ever heard reference of is not any mm-hmm. kind of king relating to the ancients, but literally two tall tales later when Wanda references Flameheart Sr. as king, and she would be the queen at his he, side. He, he's been called king a couple of times. There's even a symbol for it in one of the, the, the tall tales. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I didn't consider so that, but you're right. He's the only one called King. I did just assume it was some ancient king. Yes. So that's why I think that for the longest time, we haven't had the sirens in the game. I think the sirens are a direct uh, result of stuff. I almost, I almost cursed there. Of stuff that happened in Sea of Thieves during the times shortly before us playing and during us playing. Okay. I think that Wanda is the connection to us understanding that Flameheart Sr. is the king that is being referenced in these in these scratchings, talking about mm-hmm. how the Mer- uh, the Siren King was lured to the surface with a promise, subsequently caught and then murdered by the king. Because Flameheart is constantly talked about ruling over the seas. Mm-hmm. That was what he was doing. He and was ruling he over the seas. when he first spawns, when you first get that head in the sky and that tall tail... He, 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 when he gives a notice to everyone, he says, notice pirates, notice merfolk, notice everybody. He is not a fan of merfolk. Yeah. I so think, I, I think, think maybe you're right. His whole plan from the beginning was either to, his plan is usually to completely destroy. I don't think he's a big control guy. His no, plan I think was, it's, it's dominion over the sea of thieves. Mm-hmm. That is his plan. So over he wanted to either hurt or over. have, uh, you know, uh, them on a, on a leash by killing the king and uh, I don't know yep. who made the chest that locked locked the the merfolk's 
kings in the thing. But if we assume it's Flameheart, he has this chest and he now can says, I have your king and I've got something to control you with. Do it or I destroy the chest or whatever. Do it and maybe one day I'll give you the chest. He has a way to control the mermaids. Or maybe he was just like, this would hurt you and I don't like you, so I'm going to hurt you. Well, there's precedent. There's precedent in that theory because he has created Ashen Lords using From a chest. A You're right. Oh my gosh. Chest. You're right. You're That's right. his bag. You're right. I think so you've cracked it. I, you've just, boop, I'm over the edge. I crossed the line. Yosemite Sam crossed this line, stepped over Bugs Bunny. I agree with you. It was Flameheart. I think that's the case. And that's what leads me to the theory that Flameheart Jr. is Ugh. going to be someone that helps us. Because he was destroyed because of the, the chest that he finds out from the captain what happened. And that captain is going to try and take over the Sea of Thieves. And that Flameheart Jr. sees all of the things that he wanted Sea of Thieves to be. He wanted to be a pirate. He wanted to come to Sea of Thieves. He wanted to have adventures. He wanted to be like his father. Then he finds out what his father is. And he's disgusted. He's absolutely reviled by this, by this, this thing that he thought was this loving father that told great tales of the Sea of Thieves. And he is the key to stopping Flameheart Sr., to stopping the captain, and that he is going to show himself at some point. He was going after the Silver Blade to try and reclaim the chest to try and get the sirens to stop hurting us as pirates because he sees what's been going it on. This is all theory. why the chest was on his boat in the first place. He was trying to yoink it away from Big Daddy. I don't think he understood the, in the book, it doesn't seem like he understands the importance of the chest, unfortunately. Oh, okay. I wish that were the case. I wish that that was like the big brain thing that happens, but I, I, I would not put it past the revelation that happens post turning into a skeleton after he's, after he's realized that. But this has been kind of like the thing that has, has been like, I've been on the precipice of trying to understand how things are connected. <laughs> and this is the, this is like when I got to that Siren King section and I read those things and I was like, it all ties together. It all absolutely ties together. <laughs> and it's, and it's been so great because I still have so many questions and I've been told that there's even more that I've missed somehow. And that I need to keep digging through those tall tales. That's why like when, when you and I sailed the other night and we've been, we were going out and I've been doing nothing but tall tales. It's literally because I keep being told that there are other things in the Sea of Thieves tall tales that just came out that I'm missing that will still explain even more. And I'm like, oh, God, give me that. Just like, give I think me a this direction. king was a big breakthrough. You convinced me? Yeah. I think that it's it's something that I don't that I think some people are in. It, it, this is all theory, right? Because. There's references, but there's not a direct connection. Flameheart isn't saying, I killed the Siren King. He hasn't admitted to anything. I don't know that we ever will. But the inferences that I can get based on the journals, which are being written by the company that's trying to tell the story, should be enough to tell me who did what and when. So I think Flameheart killed the Siren King. I think that that, that, that sorrow that was felt by the Siren Queen was the divergent point between Merfolk and Sirens. And that's when we started to see the split. That's when they started to lose their memories of, of what was going on, that loss, that sorrow. And that's why we have sirens in the game who created the ocean dwellers from pirates who were cursed and then are now being used by Davy Jones because Davy Jones has brought them a kraken 
and they have purpose. No, well, specifically, he says get they follow him because he controls the Kraken. I still don't think he brought it. Okay. That's so that's and see, that's where I'm I'm trying to I'm still trying to grasp at straws here. I'm still trying to trying to get my hands on on something firm to really, really reaffirm some of these theories. Uh, but can I mention one last thing about Telltale 2? Yes. Well, two last things. One, it's funny that after all this really depressing story, we just kill the Siren Queen and sell the chest. Um, so I guess it belongs <laughs> yeah. to the gold hoarders now, wherever their loyalties lie. Um, that one, it's kind of like a Mr. Freeze thing where it's like, listen, I understand that you've had a lot of sorrow. Not that the Siren Queen is as well written as Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze is probably the most well, one of the most well written, um, sympathetic characters next to probably Magneto. I love uh, that analogy though. I, l- I absolutely 100% agree with you on the analogy. I think it's a perfect, uh, perfect, um, um, parallel. But in the end, you, you got to defeat Mr. Freeze. Though Batman always did it with like a little twinge. Like he always was like, just stop fighting, just give up. And, and in one of the movies, I think he ends up doing that after like Batman didn't just like kill him. He defeated him, but then like gave him a chance to, to, to start again, which was great. Uh, but anyway, so like like Mr. Freeze, we have to stop her anyway because she is hurting people, hurt people, hurt people. Uh, we have to stop her, so in the end we have to kill her. But we can sympathize a little bit. But then we just sell the. I just sold the chest. It was worth like double a normal weeping chest. I'm gonna see if I can't finagle a way to abuse tall tale checkpoints to keep getting that chest to to finish my 100 sorrow <laughs> chests. Uh, but the last thing I wanted to say was at the very top, there's you can actually harpoon the flotsam that's at the very beginning of the tall tale. And uh, and you can actually, you can kind of what I heard one forum poster call, uh, you can Mad Max your ship by just harpooning on both sides, these huge pieces of flotsam, like massive. And you can even kind of angle them to give you protection from cannonballs. So I think they need to get, they need to patch that. That's hilarious. That's probably why the flotsam in... The Lost Voyages uh, is non-interactable. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I did want to touch on before we close out too was the introduction of some of the mechanics that were brought in. And I just want to say I love that Rare is crafting new ways to interact with the world, uh, that it's not all just levers and uh, capstans, that we're actually getting uh combinations of statues and positions and stuff is starting to feel a lot like resident evil which i'm totally (laughs) fine with so let's get into tall tale three uh this is probably the one that i think most people really really kind of got that that pirates of the caribbean feel uh i know you had Mm -hmm. fun with it i had a blast with it um but starting off this is the one that's the the captains of the damned tall tale uh i think they did an amazing job to to kick it off but did you want to um get us into this and and get us your thoughts on it yeah i want to jump right to the city the city that was the part three of like the four parts of this tall Mm -hmm. tale is amazing it's a better tortuga than i could have imagined sans other player interactability and you're like things to do uh the song that plays gets stuck in your head. 
it was legit the first thing in my head when I woke up the next morning. My very first thought was that song. Uh, I loved it. I loved it so much. It had like a theme park feel in the audio design. I've said probably too many times that Sea of Thieves has great audio design. Just just today I loaded up the game and, and it was morning in Sea of Thieves and I heard birds chirping much in the way you do when it's morning. In, in reality, they do such a good job with sound design. And, and in that place, it really excels. When you get away from sources of the music, it, they definitely put an effect on it as if it's far away. And it sounds just like I'm at an amusement park away from some source of sound, of some source of music. It, it was it mimicked it perfectly. I really did feel in some ways like I was in a theme park that and hearing like all, all the things all the NPCs had to say. And because like, it was on a loop, it also felt like a theme park. Like, you know, when Barbosa saying his lines over and over again, you feel like you're going through the ride. Uh, it's just it's a wonderful place. I spend my time in insiders in that town if I'm not testing other things. <laughs> It's just, it's, 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 I love it. I got a tall tale checkpoint for that town. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I, I'm a, I'm 100%. Once you, once you get to the town in, in tall tale three, it really does kind of just, it, it gave me, it gave me the sense of when I would actually go to the ride and wanted to just hang out in that moment. But on the ride, you're always just kind of sitting there, you know, observing and taking uh-huh. in the, the sights and the sounds and stuff. And you always want to go on that ride again because you never feel like you get to look at everything uh, all at once. You always have to kind of like focus in on one thing and being able to be in Tall Tale 3 and just hang out there. It was so nice to see everything so lovingly re- rebuilt in sea of thieves uh based on the rides and that that first moment when you take your ship into uh the the dock for the town and right across on the left hand side as always is the uh the ship of barbosa the the wicked wench and he's calling out taunts and and commanding orders as the ship is firing upon the the actual fort and the spanish fort is firing returning volleys and that's all in the actual ride but because it's a ride, there's not actually projectiles. It's just like puffs of smoke and, and lights and stuff and the animatronics are moving. But because you're in Sea Thieves, you get that visceral nature of seeing the damage from the actual fort and shooting cannons. And there's actually an achievement in the game to actually return fire from the forts uh, to Barbosa's ship. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. what, a, what a perfect way to engage people with the attraction when you can't actually interact with the the attraction when you go to Disneyland it's such a a great way to kind of build in that that immersion that you can have with a video game that you can't when you go to a theme park it, uh, there's even a, a tunnel that you 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 row through very much like you would ride through uh, parts of the ride and as a guy who who I have no uh, affection for the ride I, I I watched a video of the ride just so I could know what was happening. I have, I don't care about that ride. I, it was this, this place was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. The, the ride itself has always had a special place in my heart, obviously for the love of pirates, but also growing up, this was, it was a boat ride that you don't really get in Arizona, uh, growing up in a place where there's (laughs) hardly any water ever, uh, being able to go onto a like I'm I'm the stupid kid that wanted to go onto the canoe rowing ride at Disneyland because I was like cool mm-hmm. water boat not a thing we get in Arizona want to try it and then they they you know mm-hmm. you quickly learn like oh 
that's not the fun ride. That's not the ride you want to go on. You want to go on the pirate's ride because that's the one where you don't have to slave while someone yells at you about sites <laughs> on an island that is completely manufactured. But as a kid, you know, you don't realize that. You're just like, oh, cool, I'm going to go on a canoe. And then they hand you an oar and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> it's it's not motorized. Why? <laughs> that's It's not like all the others. <laughs> this hurts. I want to stop. Yeah, my, my wife loves to kayak. And I'm much more of a wave runner person. We, we used to live on the Jersey Shore. And uh, yeah, I, give me a motor any yeah, day. Yeah, I, I'd much rather sit in the boat and let the boat drive itself as, as opposed to me having to row the boat. But you're right to mm-hmm. to talk about that tavern or not the tavern. Pfft, where am I going uh, to talk about the the rowboat ride? That is kind of an Easter egg in the uh, it's it's not not really an Easter egg. It's more like a secret. You don't have to do the the tall tale completely uh to to or you don't get to you don't have to do that aspect of the tall tale to complete mm-hmm. the tall tale like you can just kind of yeah. walk right by it and not even realize it's a thing but if you spend time there if you kind of play around with the different elements in the 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 designed parkour of that town was exceptional i really loved the mm-hmm. idea of following Jack as he's being chased around this town and moving the different elements to get up into different areas and having to test whether or not you could jump in this game uh, to get to different areas. It really does lend itself to teaching people like, hey, these are aspects of the game that will help you. They're not the hardest, uh, but it's it's going to take a little thought into working out how to get from place to place and using elements uh, differently. Um, not to try and spoil everything on how to do it, but just the 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 fact that it's there was a, a really nice treat. And I do love the music. Um, seeing the updated version of the auction uh, was great. You know, back in the day, Disneyland had that ride and the auction was auctioning off women. Uh, it, they Aha. See, I thought that was the case. And when I got to the town, I'm like, oh, I guess I just didn't see the stuff they were holding. Yeah. Yeah. No, originally it was... Uh, Okay, good. Good update. Yeah, yeah, they they um the ride updated it in the early 2000s, I think. Uh it was it was shortly around the time when they were doing the re the rehash on adding Pirates of the Caribbean aspects to the ride. Uh they decided to change it so that instead of auctioning off uh a woman in a red dress, uh they decided to make the woman in the red dress the captain who was then auctioning off uh, different things from the town. And that character became... It's the gold they want. Yes, we want the gold. Yes. All the voice lines, since they're repeated to me, I just like have them all memorized. <laughs> yeah, Captain Red, not since the weaponsmith on, I think, Dagger Tooth. Have I ever wanted an in-game girlfriend so bad than <laughs> Captain Red? She's great. They did a great job of of making. Uh... She can have what all my treasure. <laughs> I'm willing to split it with her. Oh, that's funny. I don't blame you. It, they did uh, a great job of of creating uh, the voluptuous nature of Captain Red, who originally was the the uh, point of auction for the the tale i love that the that the things that they're carrying are all stuff that you'd find at like a mayor's manor uh you've got like a bust of someone in like a clock and you're just like is that the stuff that pirates really want or do they do they just want the coin right. it's so weird that they're actually well they just raided a manor you know yeah what I mean? yeah 
There's no, there's no, there's no, no rich people in this town not anymore. That's the pirates took over. Uh, they have a ghost donkey, and he's adorable. Yeah. And the pigs oink to the song. This place is amazing. Yeah. They, they really. It, it's the, it's the magic of Disney. Disney in the ride, they always had everything kind of working with the theme of the actual song, and just like in, in the game. Uh, you can follow along all the different creatures are all kind of humming the tune. It's just, it's, they did such a great job with it. Um, we did to combine to, to points that we said together when you're doing the, like you're trying to solve the platforming puzzle, you're usually away from the sound. So that's when the, the sound has that distance effect on. It. And it's, it's really perfect. It lets you think about the puzzle while still being part of the town and knowing that you're a little bit out of the way as you're going to chase Jack. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that you can do in the, the ride as well too. Um, in Disneyland, they always have these hidden Mickeys, which is just the symbol of Mickey mouse uh, kind of hidden away. And there's something about walking through the the back streets of uh, the Mardi Gras area, which is right next to the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. When you're kind of venturing around through those shops and you can kind of look around for some of those secret hidden Mickeys, uh, you can still hear like in the in the all the Pirates of the Caribbean, you can hear the music and you can hear the cannon fire and stuff. And you can hear the muffled sounds of shouting as, as people are like uh, uh, going through the ride and it really does kind of feel like that in the ride when you're kind of venturing around you you move away from the theme park aspect of it and kind of follow jack as he's running around the town being chased by pirates uh as he has the the treasure and the keys and stuff and uh, they just they absolutely nailed it with this they absolutely brought together all the things that were great about the ride uh and and made it in a way that still gives you a sense of exploration um i absolutely love that you can interact with different portions of the tall tale and they're different portions of the tall tale. But if you go on, if you find the secret to unlock the rowboat adventure and you get to do that loop around the town, uh, you still get to experience effectively what is the exact ride in Pirates of the Caribbean Disneyland uh, and end up right back where you started without missing a beat. And it's, it's so mm -hmm. well done. And that's just one portion. That is just one portion of the tall tale. That's not, that could have been the whole tall tale itself. Um, Speaking of hidden Mickey's, my um, Tori and I, when we had cause to stay at a Disney owned hotel at one point, and when we were in the pool, I'm like, this is the strangest shaped pool ever. And she's like, yeah, I don't get it. And it took us a couple days to realize, oh, it's in the shape of Mickey's head. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Yeah, they they do it everywhere. Like if you if you go into the shops, um, you can look on the ceilings, on the walls and the displays. Uh, a lot of the stuff, even if it's just like three different objects, if you look at it from a set angle, it turns into Mickey, Mickey's head. And um, it's disgusting. And I think there's even uh, a few of them in the Sea of Thieves Tall Tales, too. Um, I've seen a couple of people. Is yeah, there? I've seen a couple of people post some photos on Twitter I can't remember who they were or what they were, uh, but I, I remember seeing some people like finding hidden Mickeys in the ride. And mm -hmm. it's it's one of those things where it's like, if you know, it's an amazing callback. If you don't know, then you'll never notice it. So it's like one of those things where it, you have to be not only a fan of Pirates of the Caribbean, but you also have to be a fan of Sea Thieves and you also have to be a fan of Disneyland 
to understand some of the things that the designers put into the into this tall tale that otherwise you just you would never catch and and it's only through social media that you would start having people like pick up on things and share it and then you catch it and then you can tell other people it's it's such a sense of the discovery that you don't get with uh too many games these days you know everything's mm -hmm. all just guides and tips and those of you who uh, are like me and and don't care about Disneyland? I promise you, this is just a ton of fun. Yeah, and you don't have to be a fan of Disneyland to like this. This is awesome. If there was the ability to have other players there from other crews, as well as like things you could do together, this would be a great hub for the pirate for Sea of Thieves players. I think it does kind of speak to like if if there was a safe zone and you could instance it off. I think Tall Tale 3 would probably be the best place to have that. Uh, I think it's one mm -hmm. of the few things that this game would still benefit from. It's it's one of the things that I think is a shame about the game constantly being a an open world contested zone that it doesn't matter where you go, you can still be killed by any crew. There's moments like this that harken to a time where it's just like, hey, you know what? We're all just having fun here. We're all just here to play and we're all just here to enjoy the atmosphere that mm -hmm. lend itself to to the, the desire of having a Tortuga in-game. But Logan, I've gotten on the boat, I'm manning the harpoon, and I've I've shot you back. I'm going to pull you all the way back to the beginning of the tall tale that I sailed us right That's by. That's a heck of a harpoon. Uh, we used, <laughs> it's, a, it's a long one. The spool is pretty much the <laughs> ship. Uh, we, we get a sort of swamp zone lots of us have been talking about before, and you get to sail slowly through the swamp. You eventually get a rowboat if you want to rowboat through the swamp. A nice swampy area. We've been asking for this for I a while. I know. It's the thing that was teased about back when rowboats was coming out uh i long since desired to have a real experience with a rowboat and the swamp that we get at the beginning of this tall tale is the the embodiment of uh teodoma's home um in pirates of the caribbean 2 we venture out to uh seek teodoma's advice uh jack has has been a friend of hers, um, even more so in some hints uh, in the in the movies, and we've always wanted to have this kind of swampy biome in the game. We've always wanted to have something kind of like that. This is probably as close as we're going to get to it, and it's even it, it even is kind of more freaky because it's Sea of the Damned. It has that kind of Sea of the Damned aesthetic to it, and while a, a normal swamp would have been fun. Um, there, there's a part of me that kind of wishes that in a small area of this swamp, they could have paid tribute to Peter Pan and just a, a small hint of you hearing like, as you're kind of, cause you can get a rowboat in this one, uh, and you can take that rowboat around in the swamp. And I would encourage players to explore in the swamps, uh, spend some time out there. Cause there's just some hidden stuff out there that you can find, but part of me wishes that there is one little portion where if you just happen to row over that area, you just hear this like tick, 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 tick. You and tick. your hook. I think it'd be great. I think it would be hilarious to hear this little, this it little clock. It, and you, you wouldn't have to see anything, but if you know, you know. And it's just, it's. I, I'm more inclined to what uh, people said in your community episode of let's have some tall tales centered around Peter Pan. Yeah. I, I would like a full fledged thing. 
go through the portal, come out and never, never, never. It'd be cool. It would be really cool. And I think the portal system definitely lends itself to that. Uh, I did have mm-hmm. some discrepancies with, with the, the swampy area though. Um, playing okay. through it, Jack knows who Teodoma is. Uh, but as you're playing through this, you get a nice little Easter egg with the, the blue Bayou, which is the restaurant that's in pirates of the Caribbean ride. You access it from, uh, Mardi Gras in Disneyland, but you go down and it opens up and you actually have dinner in, uh, the, the actual pirates of the Caribbean ride rider or, uh, of, of people that are actually doing the ride, uh, kind of sail by you or, or sh- sh- I don't even know. You, they pass by you. <laughs> sail by you. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so they, you, you get to have dinner down there and there is a broken down galleon where there is a couple sitting at a nice little table with some food. And that is how you acquire the lantern of the damned or the flame of the damned so that you can continue through the rest of this tall tale. Uh, but the problem that I have with this is that when you get the flame of the damned and you row out back to the hut that is Teodoma's hut out in the swampy area, um, when you figure out that you have to light more than just the two lanterns by the door and you actually have to go light the lanterns from the ghosts, which I honestly thought was a bug when I first did it because I just did the two lanterns at the door. I didn't catch that you had to go get the ghosts. Was that something that was apparent to yeah. you? No, no, I, I actually, that's one of the very few things we, uh, we had to look up. We had no clue. Why do we, cause you know, see if these is full of glitches. I thought maybe I just hit a glitch. And after we start, then looked up, oh, you got to light that candle. Yeah. Yeah. I had the same issue. Uh, it, it nowhere before in the game, like you, you light lanterns and then that progresses it. Uh, but nowhere have you had to light the candles for the ghosts mm-hmm. and that introduction to, uh, to the game, that mechanic should have been better expressed earlier on so that you can think to look for that because, when a bunch of ghosts appear behind me after I light the two lanterns, it's like, oh, well, I did the thing. Why isn't it progressing? And there's, and you know, I tried to sail through the thing. There's no explanation. And then it, then it finally, like, I ran by and I saw the prompt to to light, but I had to hold the lantern up. Ah, uh, you saw the. And prompt. that's what that's what clued me in, and I was like, oh, well, okay, all right. So once that happens, once you actually light the lan- the candles that the ghosts surrounding Teodoma's hut which if you read the journals are really disparaging against Teodoma uh like they mm-hmm. really tell you like hey don't mess with her cuz she's kind of mean if if you don't play nice and it's like that that seems like a weird approach to take with Teodoma uh given her her role to play in the game but you get to hear the footsteps coming down the stairs and you hear the voice of of uh, the actor who's portraying Barbosa, and and you get the the great line that's at the end of uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, two? two, yeah, yep. And it's amazing to have that moment, but Jack was never at that moment, and I have I have such <laughs> a problem with that moment because it's like, wait, you you mean to tell me that we're going to the Sea of the Damned that Gibbs has written down all of the moments of Jack's life and that Jack's life is uh, what is forming these um, instances of memories in the sea of the damned. But the first one you come in contact with 
was one where Jack was not even present because it's literally raising Barbosa from the dead so that he can help you find the way to Davy Jones's locker to retrieve the now dead Jack Sparrow in the Sea of the Damned. And I'm like, there's some weird meta stuff going on here. Did that clash with you? Did it register? Like, am, am I crazy for getting that that deep into it? Well, I I, I did find it. A, I I was struggling to realize why why am I in the swamp? Why did I watch that scene? You're right that it doesn't make sense because the justification for the whole thing is oh, the the uh, see the dam is shaped by the people in it and Jack's in it and we're trying to find him. So of course in his wake. We're going to find a bunch of things from Jack's life. And it doesn't make any sense because that wasn't a part of Jack's life. So, yeah. The only justification I can think of, and it's a stretch, because in Pirates of the Caribbean 2, Jack dies to the Kraken. He's sent to Davy Jones's locker. And at the end of the movie, Barbosa comes back from the dead, or from being nearly dead, uh, to help you find Jack. And much like the Tall Tales theme, you have to find Jack. So to kick it off, unless this is just not explained that well, Barbosa is helping you find Jack, but that is not expressed throughout the rest of the tall tale. It's expressed in the films, but to kick it off with you being present in a memory that Jack was never present for to find someone who then doesn't proceed to help you find Jack throughout the rest of the tall tale, it's a cognitive dissonance that I had between the lore right. of Pirates of the Caribbean and the the point of the tall tale. Uh, so that was kind of well, you've heard, you've heard the rule of cool. In the end, if it's cool, who cares? <laughs> Damn it! All right, <sighs> I'm very much subscribed to that rule when I make stories. True, and like uh, like there are some people who uh, who come back and we we had like questions like how could your city, your futuristic city, uh, have survived off of what al- algae that's not possible and i'm like i'm sure it is impossible but we thought it was cool yeah so i didn't think that hard about that's, it uh, i can't blame you on that and and it, it is cool so i i really have to <laughs> i guess at this point i just have to let go and enjoy the ride that's the whole that's the whole well there you go what a perfect phrase for this thing based <laughs> on the ride tori and i when we came across we came across a um a lantern that you know you need to light we eventually figured out that when you light that you get a journal uh but you get there before you get to the source of the the flame and i thought tori this is so cool we actually have to go back to tall tale one get the flame and carry it all the way oh, here man and then you know later on we find the flame i'm like oh okay all right well it would have been cool i guess whatever yeah yeah it makes me it makes you wonder like you know with merrick you had to carry the tail from Sharkbait cove over to devil's ridge uh, between mutiny, mutiny, mutiny rock and uh, uh, Devil's Ridge, you had to keep that tune playing that whole time. And then once you got there, all five people had to play it so that you could summon the the hungering one. And honestly, I it would have been a it would have been a big disconnect because I think uh, seasoned pirates would understand the the thing that you have to do, but they don't introduce that mechanic of of lighting lanterns on your ship and then taking the ship to different areas because what happens if mm-hmm. you don't have time to play tall tale one but you want to play through tall tale three 
Sure, sure. I, I would have pictured it as some sort of Easter egg that would appear, not a thing necessary to progress the tall tale. I wouldn't mind that. Uh, I think that would be interesting. Be we also thought the portal was where the compass was pointing, so we spent a long time trying to figure out the portal before we found the flame. Ooh. And Adama's hut and all yeah. That. Yeah. I, I'll i be 100% honest. Through most of the tall tales, I had the compass. I rarely ever thought to use it. And... Yeah, most stuff is pretty obvious what you need. Yeah, and, and I wonder if that's because of the linear design of a lot of the tall tales. Like you, It does kind of feel like a theme park ride where it's like, okay, I'm going along with the way that they're navigating me. Even going through the, the town, it's clear. All of these boxes and all of these barrels are situated to keep me on a track that it's naturally designed to keep me going in the direction. If this way is blocked and the only open way is to go right... I should probably go right. As gamers, we avoid that yeah. immediately in trying to figure out how to go around the blockage to see what's behind there. Because as history has told us, game designers like to hide stuff in places where we're not supposed to get. Right. Yeah, and it's that was actually a little bit detrimental because I was looking around for hidden stuff and circumventing seeing the ghost of jack because i didn't want to go where it was directing me because i didn't want to miss hidden things mm -hmm. and i i did like the whole uh rowboat ride and everything before i came back to the start and followed jack and then eventually it brought me there i'm like oh i guess i should have just followed but i've been taught as a video game player always if there's enemies if if, if you if you're going in the right direction stop look around because you might not be able to come back yeah the clearest thing rare told me to do in this uh, tall tale was restart my computer because it kept crashing. The sea of the dam kept crashing for me. Uh, it, it happened. To a lot of people it seemed to be maybe something to do with um, AMD graphics cards combined with other <sighs> hardware. Uh, my wife was NVIDIA. She has a gaming laptop, which is let's just say less powerful than my newly built computer. And she was doing fine, but mine kept crashing my whole computer. It, ooh, oof. And it sucked because this was such a cool tall tale. Yeah, that's it's one of the one of the pain points that comes with with gaming on PC is I I, I was playing on my console. I had zero issues uh, outside of running into tall tales mm -hmm. where people were doing stuff before me. Um, it, sure. Having the hardware designed for or specifically designed for the game and having the the game designed for that hardware, I, it lends itself in in, a situ in situations like this because i i didn't have any problems it it ran beautifully and i had a really good experience so and, and that's that's a shame because this is one of the few games where it is completely you know play wherever you want play with whoever you want whenever you want there's never any restrictions on your hardware uh it can run on most potatoes but still crash a high-end pc it's weird uh for the sake of time let me push us forward uh to uh to the rest of the tall tale the the fort was a fun fight we first fight with the phantoms i again skipped everything because i was trying to find secrets i shot from a cannon to the top of the fort and did the entire uh lighthouse puzzle oh no uh and then <laughs> you know we defeated the phantoms and then we went back and did everything and found that you invent you eventually found a path and parkoured your way up to that uh to that lighthouse i was like okay well yeah all right i will say uh when i was going through these tall tales i had a very very strict rule uh and that rule was everything i do 
needs to be accessible and in plain sight for someone who doesn't understand how to sword lunge or use cannons to shoot to places. I should be able to access mm. everything just through standard run jump mechanics. And but what about the secrets? The secrets uh, were were all discoverable through standard means. Uh, I didn't sword lunge to get to places. I just ran and jumped. And if I couldn't figure out how to get there, there had to be a design implementation for that because I assumed that these tall tales were designed for people who wouldn't know how to get around things the way that seasoned pirates do. And to Rare's credit, everything that I uh, could do was accessible through normal means. I didn't have to use a cannon to access anything. I didn't have to use a sword lunge jump to get anywhere. Mm -hmm. Everything I could do was all accessible just by running and jumping. If, if I had played these on my phone without uh, any tricks or anything, I could have managed to get through everything uh, without having to, to cheat it. And th that's just, it's a testament to Rare's playtesting without insiders and designing it properly. Um, so I, I actually kept that rule and it, and it probably saved me, uh, the trouble of missing out on things because what, what a funny perspective. I think because, uh, I didn't get enough testing on insiders, I'll say, uh, is why I was able to cannon over that would have been found. And I think somehow fixed, uh, in some ways I'm happy it's not because if you want to really have fun in the Tortuga area, I forget the name of the actual name of the town, you can jump on top of roofs and go places that don't make any sense, don't progress you anywhere, but they're fun to be. And, and they, they may have added invisible walls and stuff, and I'm glad they didn't. True. I'm glad they left it open. Let me tell you where I did stay on rails. That's when I was sailing the boat. The Sea of Damned is legit scary, and I never wanted to wander off. <laughs> When I was, I completed all the tall tales, I came back to this tall tale, sucked in my gut, and just did it. I just sailed in a different direction, and I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm terrified. And um, I'll, keep, I'll keep it a mystery. I won't tell you how they keep you on rails, but they do. Uh, but then I sank my ship because I want to know, I'm like, what's going to happen? I was terrified. If there was a hole in our ship, we, we did it right away. I did not want to sink in the sea of the day. <laughs> but I did it. And uh, just to see what would happen. And a mermaid spawned up to get me you know, back to a new ship. And the mermaid looked different. There are new versions of mermaids here. Two new models, a male and a female model. And they look great. I'm, I think it was a really nice touch to have different mermaids. And because of the staff that they hold has a green glow, I actually really couldn't tell if they were ethereal or not. If they're not ethereal... Oh, that brings up a huge, like, lore possibilities in the game. If they are ethereal, then it does make sense. Uh, but it was a it was a nice touch to let them have a different uh, There was model. some interesting stuff that we found out about that, too. Uh, you posted a photo of that, and uh, I've been digging through the books to just kind of catch references and stuff to just kind of freshen up because anytime there's a new set of lore introduced into the game, I like to go back to the original sources and see how it coincides if it's canonical does it are there conflicts and the image that you posted of one of the merfolk that you found actually is reference uh from the tale of sea of thieves book uh there was an image of the merfolk and the design is exactly the same design from the book that they had so clearly they came up with a character design 
and they had it in their back pocket and for whatever reason they went with the mermaids that are in the game normally for launch and just held on to this version of the merfolk and didn't introduce it until now which is a really interesting choice like why if you designed it put it into a book and then never implemented it why now do you introduce that model and why does it need to be different Mm. well i'm glad they did yeah it's it's nice that they at least changed it up a little bit uh i really love the beacon mechanic what did you think of uh being able to light the candles and uh by by lighting the the or every time you lit one of the torches or or beacons uh a candle would light up Mm -hmm. yep great feedback that you're doing it right those it's a nice little mechanic it was nice glad it was used twice so nice they used it twice yeah uh the the re- reassuring of mechanics in this game was nice um there were so many times where you would do something in one of the prior tall tales and it would it would pop back up in a future tall tale and i'm like okay they're reusing mechanics they're reinforcing uh learnings i think the lighting of the candles for the ghosts was the only thing that wasn't reused and is the only th- i tried to shine them on the phantoms thought maybe i could do damage to them but it Ooh, didn't do anything i hadn't thought about that but that's a good good idea too. make i left out in the water so that when i sailed by I like sailed through the thing because it's cool when you're going through the in-between there's that there's a a lighthouse that shines by you yeah kind of io saruman kind of thing that goes out there make sure who's not supposed to be there yeah. really interesting the one thing that i will say is that a lot of the pirates on those boats uh, tend to be the same model uh, a lot of yes i saw like three or four next to each other that were the yeah. same <laughs> you'd think with the infinite pirate generator that that they could have uh, uh had it so that each pirate was very unique and very different i didn't see any big big boy pirates on any of those boats either it's kind of weird the in between is really really cool i really uh I really liked it. it. It's just a neat little aesthetic. I like how the the pirates appear in your ship doing different things. You hear the 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 line from um the uh, the ride. It's very very yeah. cool. But you guys talked about that in the community episode, so I won't spend too much time on it. Uh, the end of that tall tale, you go into a nice little tavern. It's a good place for screenshots. It's a nice tavern. It's got a couple spots that are like pretty much designed for screenshots. Yeah, uh, I, I liked it a lot. Uh, that's that's the only point in that tall tale that i wish i had like a galleon crew so we could have taken if it was like on the final tall tale that's like that's here you all gather there and take pictures to say hey we we did the whole thing let's take a screenshot to capture the moment yeah i would have loved to have had that opportunity uh the the cursed captain making a return at the uh the tavern head is uh on on the hearth uh or no is it hearth uh hearth or plinth i can't remember um I don't know what you're saying. There's a, I can't remember what the name of it is. Uh, but anyway, um, there's a, a word for the thing that's above a door, uh, the top part of it. And uh, the captain, the cursed captain from Tall Tale 1 was there greeting us uh, and, and allowing us passage, even though we are mortals, uh, exclaiming that it's been a few months and that time passes differently in the Sea of the Damned. Very interesting thing to mention that time passes quicker in the Sea of the Damned than it does in Sea of Thieves. Um, I wonder what kind of implication that holds for uh, spirits, considering that there is a a direct correlation between how long you spend in the Sea of the Damned and whether or not you're allowed entry into the tavern 
uh, or not, because it feels like... Does that mean when our pirates die, they actually are condemned to time in the uh, the Sea of the Damned to punish us for our greedy sins, and then we go on to the uh, Fairy of the Damned, and that's when our memories trigger, because he said, like, in the first tall tale, you guys might not remember, but maybe you'll some part of it will stick with you. And you'll learn your lesson, and then we respawn. So every time we're actually we're actually spending years in in the the sea of the damned being punished, and we just don't remember it. Every time we die and respawn, and we just remember the part where we're, hey, we're on the ferry. Yeah, it's it's interesting that they that they went about it that way. There's a bit of lore that's brought up by this that suggests certain souls are uh, considered worthy enough to gain entry to the tavern of the damned and that they will retain their memories whereas other pirates like the curse captain uh are condemned to their own version of the sea of the damned where their memory will slowly degrade over time which is when you run into uh spirits in the tavern in tall tale one or like captain bones or uh pirates who don't remember who they are where they uh where they've been and are just kind of stuck in the place that they are and it's it's interesting to think that the ferryman is the arbiter of that type of of prestige like if you're a worthy enough pirate then you get access to the the tavern of the damned and you retain your memories and it's like well what's what's the significance of that like we're all pirates we're not exactly you know free of sin so who determines what glorious status is 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 required to gain entry to that so i'm kind of curious to understand more the rules of of the tavern of the damned but it was great to see uh the first instance of uh george and rose who from tall from the tall tales who were brought in uh to the tavern of the damned uh obviously they returned their memories eli slate uh, uh captain of the morning star crew was there and hanging out and jack uh which is finally found and we find him there and he is hanging out and talking about how he's happy that he's getting attention from people and that he's uh he's in the sea of the damned and that the sea of thieves is a great place and out of nowhere Pendragon shows up and calls him out for being a bad captain and i and i i could Mm. not help but think like that is jack sparrow that is disney ip and here is Pendragon, a sea of thieves ip (laughs) calling him out for being a bad captain. Now, granted, that's nothing new for Pirates of the Caribbean, but it really did kind of strike a chord where I was like, Rare has a lot of autonomy, again, with the Disney IP. Like, if they want to shine Sparrow in a bad light, they they do it. They straight up call him out as a bad captain and tell him that he needs to, he needs to get his stuff together if he wants to get out of the Sea of the Damned and whatnot. And I'm glad because Pendragon has always been this this uh this paragon of virtue when it comes to saving souls in the sea of thieves and to have him come out and be like hey you lazy bum you need to get your stuff together and help out because you're the one that's caused all this trouble and kind of be like hey you know you know wagging his finger at jack sparrow and telling him what's what it was it was surprising to have that come from not his crew but from another captain uh from from pirates or from sea of thieves and i just i had to share that because it resonated so well it was so nice to see vindication for like hey jack's not the greatest 
And it's nice to have greater people from Sea of Thieves mm-hmm. come out and call them out on that. Do you know who the bartender is? Because we talked to him like, hey, what are you doing here? As if we recognized him. And I even Googled the name because I did not recognize him. And it's only a male bartender in the game. Yeah. So this was this was something that was clued into me from uh, members of the community. Uh, Tasha, who is the tavern keep for Ancient Spire Outpost, the one that had big dreams of following Briggsy. Uh, yes. That is her father. Oh. And okay. apparently, I have to go back and check, but apparently her storybook is on the back shelf of that tavern of the damned behind him. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I don't know about the revelers though. The revelers behind who are just kind of playing music seem kind of anonymous. Uh, but otherwise mm-hmm. it's, it's, they seem to have tied a lot of the people who are at the tavern of the damned to people in sea of thieves, which I love. And it's all in game lore. Well, it was sweet, and we were excited to um, to see the different characters from Sea of Thieves. It was confusing to me. I thought the whole point of doing the tall tale with that couple was that we got them back on the ferry so they could respawn, and the same with the crew of the Morning Star. So I was surprised to see them still ethereal, and I'm also surprised because I thought Pendragon was, while still ethereal, in our world, doing our world cool stuff, and the fact that he was in the the see the dam a little confusing for me yeah i think there's some lore there that has yet to be explained because pendragon and the ferryman most recently were found to be colluding together uh to not to not to use a word in a in a negative sense but that's just the, the easiest way i can think of off the top of my head collaborating, collaborating. yeah uh so the pendragon comics came out recently the origin comics no and in those comics here we go pendragon dies you know i tolerated when you said hey there was a book and there was a picture of a mermaid but oh here we go and pendragon shows up on the fairy of the damned and he meets the ferryman and he explains to the ferryman that he is the champion of souls for the order of souls and the ferryman says hey there's a lot of souls trapped in the sea of the, the sea of the thieves that I can't get to to have them tra- to to have them move on. Can you help me get those souls? And Pendragon says, "Yeah, I can help you get those souls." So Pendragon is sent back to the Sea of the Damned with the understanding that he is going to help the ferrymen get souls from uh, the Sea of Thieves to the Sea of the Damned by releasing them because souls are trapped in objects in sea of thieves we see this with flameheart skull we see this with his crew in the chest uh of of the fight the flame chest the rage chest at the end of heart of fire uh his whole purpose is to release souls from the trapped objects that they are in in sea of thieves so that they can meet the ferryman so they can either be brought back to life or move on to the sea of the damned and i think the crew of the of the morning star is intended to move on to the rest of uh the sea of the damned i don't think that they were intended to come back um with george and rose that's an an interesting uh thing because i'm not quite sure like where that where that actually um like is intended to go like i like they're they're reunited 
it never feels like they were intended to stay in the sea of the damned or they were supposed to come back it felt very kind of uh uh foggy as far as like their intent um but it's it's interesting that that changes uh we find out like what they're actually going to go do uh later in tall tales but we spent a lot of time on telltale three uh you want to take a break and uh we'll jump into tall tale four after the the uh break Ahoy there, Pirates. This is the ad for this episode, and I did want to let you know if you wanted to avoid these and just get a regular filler, you can head over to the Patreon. There's a special feed just for patrons that get the ad-free version. If you want to keep listening, though, I can't say I blame you because this week I want to let you know about Loot Crate and getting 15% off of most crates and crate subscriptions when you use the link and code ROBOTSRADIO in the show notes. Also, you can head over to audiobooks.com, get your first three audiobooks for free, and that can include any to VIP books or use the affiliate link for Green Man Gaming. If you're a PC gamer, you'd like to save money on games. It's one of the benefit of being a PC gamer. Head over to Green Man Gaming. You can get codes for Steam, Epic, any of the different stores that they have deals going on. They have deals going on all the time. And if you plan on buying there, please consider using our affiliate link. All of that goes straight to me through the network. Thank you all so much for everything that you do to support this podcast. It means the world to me and i continue to try and improve the quality and the content for you with that pirates let's get back to the show all right so we have covered two we've covered three let's jump into four uh and oh boy this is gonna be a pretty important one for me at least um and i i will try to do my best not to gloat too much because uh, we actually got to play through this one together at one point, and I actually really enjoyed it. This is uh, the the one that actually is the Brethren Court, uh, or is it the Dark Brethren Court? I'm trying to remember. The Dark Brethren That's Court. That's right. So much like the Brethren Court that was held in Pirates of the Caribbean 3, uh, when they decided how to deal with Davy Jones and the East India Trading Company, uh, Davy Jones is now crafting his own Brethren Court, at this coral fortress that can be found in the northern hemisphere of uh, the Sea of Thieves, the northern portion of the Shores of Plenty. It is surrounded by storm. It was crafted by merfolk or sirens, and Davy Jones is using it as a way to be on land without actually being on land. Uh, the The nature of the, the structure seems like it's such that he can be there without it technically going against uh his his oath i don't i don't even understand how this works i this is can i take a quick tangent to discuss Mm -hmm. how davy jones is able to be on land in the sea of thieves uh where he's not supposed to be able to set foot on land once but every 10 years yet the coral structure enables this due to the nature of the coral structure yet in a future tall tale calypso expressly says that he is no longer no longer oath bound to his his uh his thing so is he still cursed at that point or is he i think it's just part of the curse okay because that's just a it's a weird thing that he like the curse makes him fishy and the curses he can't talk he can't talk okay to but he he doesn't have to he doesn't have to ferry souls to uh free no, himself no, it's not about whether or not he can ferry souls it's about whether or not he gets to keep his power okay 
That's so strange. Break, you know, hey, you you wanna you wanna step on land? Do it at your own risk. Yeah, it's such a strange thing. Um, it's like the ghosts in the the newest sea, the newest um sea thieves, the newest pirates of the Caribbean. They can't touch land, or they dissolve and die. I mean, they can physically do it, but there's a big consequence for it. So I assume <laughs> there's some big consequence if if Jones touch it's land. It's really bad heartburn. Uh, getting into <laughs> no, don't. Do you know how big an octopus's heart? Don't is? even don't even humor that. That was such a bad joke. Uh, the Dark Brethren. This tall tale was probably my favorite, uh, even above Tall Tale Three, and a lot of it has to do with the design with the lore, uh, with the the set pieces that they give you, and the reveal at the end, uh, the prestige that they give you, the, 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 the twist that you never saw coming except me. Um, mm-hmm. I know you want to talk about Duke being my fault, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of jumping the gun on this to try and defend myself because I don't think that one person could really have swayed it so much to cause this uh no pause stop red light first off uh stand up be recognized i am 100 percent convinced duke is a dark lord because of you uh i that, that uh, i just realized that it sounded he did it because of you no i mean in a positive way i think i think rare heard it over and over again and laughed to themselves and said let's do it they talked about it said, let's do it i think it'd be fun Let's do it. I think it's 100% because you kept railing on it. You kept bringing it up and rare, rare threw you a bone. I think it's really cool. And, and I think you should be proud and, and, and excited and uh, maybe a little bit honored in that. Because I, I think it's 100% because of you. Uh, I, it, it would be a, a quite a coincidence if they just thought about that. And it's completely because of you. 100%. 100%. I, uh, the, the. I hadn't considered it that way. Um, I always considered it as in they thought of a cool way to do it and it happened to coincide with my ramblings. Um, if if it is actually because of me, I don't think I'll ever know, but that would be one hell of an honor. Uh, I, I, I don't think... <laughs> you get a little writing credit in the credits. That would be insane. It would be absolutely insane if I was actually the one that had pushed for so long to actually have them say like, all right, you know what? This will actually appease Logan. It'll be a great twist for the community because they, no one believes him. And we'll, it, he'll, he'll have that one... He'll have that one moment <laughs> where he'll get to say like... Vindication. Yeah, the vindication. Um, so if that's, if that's the case, I am truly honored and humbled by the fact that you would you would actually you know give that to me that you would actually give me the satisfaction of knowing that i was the one that caused duke to go bad at which case <laughs> he totally deserves it because he was always bad uh, there that's where i disagree with you i don't think duke was always bad i think duke is the example of what happens when you keep kicking a man who's down he eventually kicks back hurt people hurt people i think that's what happened to duke Everyone just kept, you know, not, I'm not saying like you in the podcast, you're, you're outside of this world in the Sea of Thieves. Um, you, you'd be a paradigm of it. But in Sea of Thieves, like he got, he got betrayed. He got kicked out of his own group. He, he was trying to belong to somebody, trying to belong to something. And he, he finally found it. Hey, if, if you won't let me be a part of your club, okay, well, I'll be a part of my own or I found this one. And, I don't know how evil his heart is. There's 
plenty of examples in storytelling and in life of people who aren't quite evil or, or, or bad people who join bad causes because they belong. I mean, just picture any teenage kid who joins a gang just because he wants to be a part of something. He wants to have uh, familiarity, protection, any sort of these things. I think that's where Duke stands. Uh, I, I, I heard one of your... Um, I think one of your community members maybe say that maybe he was possessed because his voice sounded so different. I sort of thought that too. Then Wanda's journal said that he heard the siren's call was lured down. I'm a little confused of what he brings to the table. Everybody, every every member of that brotherhood is it brings something to the table aside from him. I'm not sure exactly what he brings to the table. He brings confidence and trust. Um, this meeting is a meeting in confidence. Uh, it is, it is not something that is, was intended for the eyes of other people. Uh, had we not ventured to the coral fortress, we would have never seen this meeting. And I think that things would have mm -hmm. gone according to plan, uh, since after the meeting, um, I think us interrupting the meeting or at least arriving to overhear the meeting will cause, uh, for things to, to spiral out in a different way. So what he was bringing to the table was the thing that he was always bringing. Um, he was bringing pirates a sense of adventure to do things that pirates mm -hmm. would go along with because they would get stuff out of it. And Oh, makes sense. I see. He, he's the only, he's their fate. He's the party face. Yes. No one else can talk to pirates. One's a skeleton who has to wear a mask. Two. And at this point, her, her, her gig is up. We all know who she is. One's a, a Davy Jones. The other one's the gold hoarder. Like, it has to be him. He's the only one who can actually look us yeah. in the eye. Yeah. And uh, and so many people love Duke that he is the perfect guys for manipulating us. Sympathetic. We all feel bad for him. Yeah. Which is wrong. You should always question <laughs> why he's asking us to do things. He's the kind of guy in the story where at the end, you know, when things are culminating, he 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 turns around and 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 deals a, a deathly a, a mortal blow to, you know, the captain or whoever because yeah. because he feels so so genuinely bad about having taken this bad turn and he looks at you and 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 he feels bad about it and eventually, you know, does the right thing with the last no. of his energy. That's what that's the guy no. he is in this story. He is the one who guides you <laughs> To the place where you need to be to take out the bad guy. And then as you walk forward to go address the bad guy, cuts your hamstring and you're crippled. And you turn around with this look of like, but why? And he's like, you didn't know the whole time. That's who Duke is. The game was rigged from the start, kid. You thought I just happened upon the information of where to go for this? You fool. Why didn't you quite... You know that that person that always says, don't trust anyone, and they're the ones that you don't <laughs> trust at the end, that you shouldn't have trusted in the yes. beginning? That's who Duke is. Ah. Oh, no. Yep. It feels bad. It feels bad, but that's that's why... And I was the guy in the van who's always like, why are we trusting this person? How long have we known them? Come on, what is going on here? Why are you going along with it? And they're like, I know it's a trap, but oh, I just have to no. do it. And it's like, that's a dumb idea. Let's come up with a better one. Uh. <laughs> but I, well, I'm interested to see which of our perspectives will be vindicated in the I'm, end. I'm willing to bet that I'm probably in the wrong in this because I, I think that they have a, a plans for Duke that include redemption. 
uh, just because it's it's such a good turn. It's such a, an unexpected for, turn for everyone other than right. me that there's a, a good redemption arc for Duke at this point. So I think that if they go... Can I tell you what I think it's not? I'm sorry. Uh, I, I think that if if Rare wants to have a good moment for people... Um, that they'll 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 satisfy my desire of giving Duke the Dark Lord, Lord title, uh, and then later on they will bring him back to the good side uh, at some point, and that he'll have an impact in that, and he'll have that redemption story that everyone's hoping for. So that's kind of how I feel about it. Even though I don't, I would much rather him be the villain that he always was to me, and and stay true to that as opposed to to going out with the cop out that's like oh he's gonna have a redemption story dick's gonna be a good guy again it's gonna be fun but that's just yeah that's how i feel about it let me tell you what it's not it's definitely not naivete like it was with stitcher jim where he trusted him and then was but you know oh i shouldn't have trusted him i don't think he's making the same mistake twice i think it's a conscious decision where is that guy by the way where is he we'll see him patience i fully been i think he's dead I'll, I'll be 100% honest. I think that dude... Oh, he's being transformed into an Ashen Lord and he'll be a boss at one of his ultimates. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's definitely how I think it's going because of the, the way that Heart of Fire ended. But one of the Tall Tales in Tall Tale 5 actually sounds like something that happens to Stitcher Jim and uh, kind of makes me wonder if one of those journals is, is intended to be him. But for whatever reason, they decided to pull him from the tall tale so that they could use him for later on. Yeah. He's definitely, he's on, he's on Flameheart side is what he's his Flameheart soldier. Yeah. So that's why we haven't seen him. Cause we don't see a lot of Flameheart. Which, in this one. Uh, by the way, just let me give you the biggest confidence boosters that, you know, that you made Duke into, into this part in the story. He's a dark Lord of the brethren court. And you keep calling him Duke, the dark Lord Logan. How much more evidence do you need? I, at this point, I, I, I'll, it fine. <laughs> Stand up and be recognized. <laughs> Fine. I I love that he's been, you know, crafted into the Stark Lord. It's everything I wanted. It's, it's, this whole update is everything that I've wanted. It's so, I feel bad for people who've not been following me that are just like, no, Duke, why? And everyone else who's been following me is like, Logan friggin' called it. The friggin', he friggin' called it. It was there the whole time. Why did we not believe him? And I know a lot of people, I, I'm, if that's the case, I absolutely love it. I, it's the, it's the biggest honor. I think I could, outside of getting hired by the company, I don't think there could be a bigger honor than, than having rare put in Duke, the dark Lord for me, just, just to have that confidence to be like, ah, oh, yes, thank you. I want to get into the rest of this tall tale though, because you brought up Flameheart. And the journals for this tall tale are absolutely insane. They blew my friggin' mind. The first one that you helped me find <laughs> blew my friggin' mind because it literally talks about the one thing that I've had in the back of my mind this whole time. And I I I have to I I'm I'm trying to find it so that I can read it verbatim because it is so it's so cool. It's so cool that they actually did this. I didn't think they were going to uh dive into wanda's story that much um but the first the first journal says uh it is unclear who wrote this journal which i, I read out loud to you and, and, and it was great uh but it, it says the need for hiding my face will soon be gone and immediately i was like oh this is about wanda and it says i wrote those words on what i believed would be the eve of my greatest triumph earning me a place at my love's side. Wanda, loving Flameheart. Absolutely love it. 
I had worked ceaselessly to begin or to bring you back from beyond the veil, hearing your whispered words as I struggled, enthralled by the prospect of reigning as your queen. As your battle raged on, I came to realize that there would never be a seat for me at your side. Like Stitcher Jim before me, I had unwittingly served my purpose. Now, I'm going to, I want to pause on this because the line, like Stitcher Jim before me, I had unwittingly served my purpose. So, was Stitcher Jim uh, being unwittingly serving his purpose? I, I don't think Stitcher Jim is alive. I don't know that he'll become an Ashen Lord. I think he's just dead. I think. No, he's he unwittingly is becoming an Ashen Lord. Like, but he would no. He would right. hold purpose after that, though. He would he would still have purpose as an Ashen Lord to Flameheart, because all of his Ashen Lords are brought back as yeah, a result. He's serving. He's ser- he's unwittingly serving the purpose. But it says no. He's definitely becoming. But an it's Ashen. past tense. It says like Stitchergen before me. He I had unwittingly served my purpose. because yeah, because in that tall tale, he's like, what? This isn't the way I thought it was going to happen. And 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 uh, Flameheart's all like, of course. You think I care how it's going to happen? Or the, the power comes without pain, or whatever the heck he says. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anyway, he's yeah. Just... I I I will I will look forward to seeing uh, which way it goes because I I still have a feeling mm-hmm. that Stitcher Jim served his purpose, much like Wanda now has. And while he may not be dead, he is no longer. No, she's just smart enough to quit before she gets to where Stitcher is, where he can't go. There's no going back. He's now culminating into becoming. A monster for Flameheart. She's like, I'm gone before I lose my autonomy. Okay, I will then counter that with the rest of this journal where it says, Then came the day I confronted you, confessed my love to you, and demanded proof of your devotion to me. Your laughter froze my burning blood to ice. She didn't leave before it got before it got to that point. She literally confronted him and and, and demanded proof, and then he laughed mm-hmm. in her face. And that's when she realized she had served her purpose to bring him back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It says, Flameheart, my king, and king is in single quotations, uh, which to me su- suggests that that is the connection to the conversation that we had with Tall Tale 2, the confirmation of mm-hmm. him being the king that kills the Siren King. Um He's regarded as a king. Uh, Flameheart, my king, I will take great pleasure in annihilating Sea of Thieves as you watch helplessly from the heavens. You shall have nothing left to conquer. Yeah, unlike Stitcher Jim, she's she's no lackey. She's no, no six-piece chicken McNobody. She's like, okay, I've been had, but I'm not going to take it lying down. But I think that's why it's so interesting that her being laughed at by, by Flameheart is why it was so uh, integral to her character because she is no longer loyal to Flameheart, which brings in the conversation about why skeleton ships, uh, which in one of the later journals we'll come to says that uh, the the skeleton fleets are loyal to her. Uh, Why skeleton ships go into combat with Flameheart ghost ships? Because there is a a love lost there. Yeah, I've always been wondering that. Yeah, I, I think it's a... Rare at one point said that they made a conscious decision that they attacked each other for a lore reason. It didn't stay the lore reason. And once we learned that, I'm like, finally, we've gotten. Yeah. One thing that Rare does really well is they they build in purpose before explaining what the purpose is. And you witness it and you question. And those questions usually get answered, but usually not when you expect them to. 
and this tall tale, the journals alone are 100% worth reading. Uh, if, if you skip any of the journals, uh, skip all of them except for Tall Tale 3 or Tall Tale 4, because genuinely the lore implications in these Tall Tale journals is insane. It is, it's so worth actually doing it. Uh, there's another group of them that follows the story of, a, of a, a girl who falls in love with a merfolk and just the, the interesting, like, uh, it, it takes me to the movie Shape of Water where there's a woman who finds uh, a common friend in in uh, the creature that is being kept by the government. And theirs is a love that can't be. It's a star-crossed lovers thing. Like, they can never be together. Um, and it's the story of, of them trying to be together. And unlike The Shape of Water, uh, this one doesn't end as happily as you would want it to. Um, but that's a, a great story that I'll leave for, for people to go and investigate uh, when, when they have an opportunity. As we oh, I, go ahead. I always joked that Flameheart's plan was stupid because he's killing immortal pirates and we just come back and shoot him again. Like, oh, you take my ship. I'm big sad. I'll be back in 10 minutes. Wait there. Uh, the captain's plan is actually a good plan. Having Davy Jones become the ferryman and be like, you want to come back to life? Then you serve us. Deal. And in that way, he controls the seas. That's a good plan. That's a solid plan. Yeah. Yeah. That's something. So at the Brethren Court meeting, uh, Davy Jones talks about how you have to serve under the Brethren Court if you want to go back to the Sea of Thieves. And that is how they will take over the Sea of Thieves, which compared to the the rage-filled Flameheart, who is just out to annihilate everything, is not looking... He's it's the difference between uh, a calculated move and just pure chaos. Like both can be destructive, but there's one that will end once um, goals are met. And there's another that will just continue on. Like Flameheart is the raging forest fire. Whereas uh, the brethren court is the calculated burn uh, where they control it to try and reduce the damage taken. Mm -hmm. Whereas in this case, Flameheart still wants to destroy everything whereas davy jones and the captain have a very set plan as they want to control the seas and maintain it for what it is uh but just be the rulers of it um i find myself rooting for flame art who's more like a a piratey fun villain you, you get to appreciate the basics you, you you never know what you what you have until you don't <laughs> have it anymore and i and like i'm like i want flameheart to kick these guys' butts i'm uh, you know when when the battle comes between the two evil sides and you got to help one or the other he's the vegeta that eventually turns to you know eventually becomes like a begrudgingly ally and he's like fine i won't burn everything because you helped me but it's not because i want to baka you know <laughs> this is i this is what i want for flameheart i'm now on his side let's get rid of the, i want to beat the core yeah it's it very much reminds me of when you set up when you set things on fire you those fire that fire is going to consume everything and sometimes you just have to find a way to push that fire into a direction that will be more beneficial to what you want and i think that i think that the brethren court is underestimating just how unrelenting Flameheart is going to be and i i think uh. what we need to do is we need to find a way to get a connection between Flameheart and us to be able to guide that flame and yeah we got we got to turn his attention to the 
the brethren. They want to stay under low until they have everything ready. And then it's like, you know, you just get once once you point it out to Flameheart and he sixes his forces and his plans and he turns it to them and you just watch the bad guys kill each other. You know who'd be great for that? His who? son. Oh my gosh, Logan. You had your chance. All right, you've lost. Accept the failure. The 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 uh the freaking ship, whatever it's called, was in the tall tale and he wasn't. He's just let it go. I don't know what you're talking about. Are you talking about the silver blade? The Silverblade yeah. Blade was crewed by another crew. Flameheart Jr. Yeah, is still exactly. out there. Instead of him, they decided not to put him in because he doesn't matter. Just take take. They the didn't L. put him in yet. Oh. They didn't put him in yet. I think that he's uh-huh. going to yeah, and, I, and I haven't lost weight yet. It'll happen one day, I promise. Well, with enough work and dedication, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I'm really, <laughs> it's going to happen, guys. <laughs> It hasn't worked for the past five years, but I'm really excited about the next three months. I love how I'm finally right about one thing and everyone tells me I'm wrong about all the others. Oh, Mr. Fallacy, just because you're right about one thing. If I was right about one thing, (laughs) that meant I was right about everything. The world would look very different than it does today. I'll tell you that right now. It's okay. It's all right. You know what? That's fine. That's fine. I would have a lot more money. My apartment would have more than one bedroom. Look, look, you saw you saw Star Wars. Luke Skywalker was the thing that turned Darth Vader against the Emperor. This is that story. Mm-hmm. We've got the captain. We've got the oh. brethren court. Oh, cool. I really wanted to hear that story again. Cool. I was always thinking, you know what? We need Star Wars to produce more stories. Mm-hmm. Well, no, they yeah. need they need I'm, to I, produce I, the same I'm story. I'm just not tired different... of the same Star Wars story being told over and over again. I need it one more time. Well, maybe me talking about this will kind of clue clue in rare and be like, hey, you know, maybe we shouldn't take Flameheart Jr., uh, the Luke Skywalker of Sea of Thieves, and have him guide his uh, rage-induced father to uh to to turn against the brethren court and the captain and downfall and have flameheart be the downfall of the captain maybe maybe this will give them a a, a kick in the pants to have them write something uh more original than that because as far as i can tell that's the story that we're going down and i and i don't know if that's i mean that's what i see that's just the 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 way the chips are falling on the table that's how the bones are laying out on the table that's what i'm i'm getting from this because i i still full-heartedly believe that Flameheart Jr. will be a good person to us. How do you think the Gold Hoarder came back? He's all like coralified. I don't think that we destroyed him 100%. Um, I really don't know. And I and I think that's the thing. We sold his skull, but his skull looks the same here in the tall it tale. It does. It's a really interesting conundrum because it's expressed that evils will return and I 100% believe that, but it's it seems like much in the way that the Coral Fortress was crafted from the Sirens, uh, the Gold Hoarder was brought back because he was needed and that Davy Jones asked the Sirens to help with that uh, using the cursed gold that was uh, being used or being found uh, or in and about like shipwrecks and things like that and Coral from the Sirens. Um, and that they use that as kind of a bonding agent to bring him back. That's my theory. I have no proof, but that's the best I can come up with. The Gold Hoarder is funny to me. He's very much the way he talks. He's like almost dumb. He's 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 very much the uh, Solomon Grundy 
of the Legion of Doom. You know, uh, next I want to hear, you know, Gold Hoarder wants pants too. Yeah. It seems like there's not much coming from him in in the sense that it's like he's he's barely even who Rathbone was back in the day. He's so degraded over time that the only thing he can even comprehend is just cursed Cortez. His his fight was was fun, but it was the Gold Hoarder again. That's really okay. We couldn't have fought someone else. I think it's. Whatever. I think it's interesting that in the same way that you uh, play through the bosses of Doom, uh, Doom Two takes those bosses and makes them regular henchmen, and we're getting the same thing with this. When you play through the Tall Tales the first time with the Shores of Gold, the Gold Hoarder is the epitome of evil. Now that we have these new Tall Tales and we have a new evil. He is now the henchman to that new evil. There is a a supplanting of of uh, power. Uh, you know, there's a, a new hierarchy, a new a new boss in town, and he's making the old boss very much in the mobster way. You know, when a new person comes in and takes over the territory, the old boss has to bow down to them or die. I think that's kind of what's going on with the gold hoarder. He is he is now relegated to a henchman uh, compared to the power of of Davy Jones in in the captain. Mm-hmm. Well, to, to navigate away from the lore for a little bit, the tall tale, the uh, fight on the, the Flying Dutchman was amazing. I really like the topo- topography of the Flying Dutchman. Oh, man. Really fun. The uh, under cannons that are through the portholes are rare laughing at us, and I love it. Oh, you want porthole cannons, you big dummies? Here you go. Hey, did you like it? Was it fun having a range of three degrees? Uh, Laughter aside, jokes aside, it is a nice trade-off having the protection but the reduced range. It's it's a nice trade-off. But they were fun to finally use under under deck cannons. Yeah. I liked the the depth charge uh, restocking kind of barrels in that area. There was chains that were holding up barrels and or ropes maybe it was. Though that that was a great like visual way for those barrels to be there, they kind of look like death charges. Really like that. The, a lot. the chains in general throughout these tall tales, we got so many chains, and all of the chains were tethered to things in an indication of either uh, 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 keeping them in place or pulling them around. Like, how many anchors did we see? in these tall tales in a game where we don't have chains and anchors, anchors. on any of the yeah. ships. It was great. I, I love the design of the fight. I love the, the wave based mechanics. It's a, a thing that we're used to, but it's built in a different way. It's, it's given us a chance to play around it with, um, like you said, cannons that we're, that we've constantly like, we need gun ports on the ship so I can shoot from below. T-. And it's like, that's not, that's not fun. That's not fun at all. Like there's no, there's no fun to that. You got to be side by side with ships to get anything done. And that's, you know, good luck with that. Uh, there's, there's a reason. It did make a fight against Davy Jones in the final tall tale. Like when you got our broadside, that's a 10 cannon broadside. Oh, yeah. But luckily you have to be on the broadside. He didn't have as big a range. Yeah. It was a it was a trade. The broadsides in general during the fights against the 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 Dutchmen are just like they're scary, man. Like they're in a sloop when when ten shots is enough to sink a ship if they're if they're regular holes. Like that is not a thing you want to go. Like I'm so glad that that fight goes a little differently uh, in 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 the actual uh, tall tale because I I would not want to come yeah. against that. There's a reason why that sloop is nimble, and you do not want to be on the the broadside of that. Um, the murals. I like the storm. Oh, oh, oh. 
You, you want to go into storms first? I like the storm that was around the. It's a quick sentence. I like the storm around the fortress. How it didn't actually shake your ship, or or take the wheel away, or fill you yes. with water, but you still got the bobbing up and down and the nice environmental piece of the. Storm. Oh God, it felt so nice. It felt like being in. Uh, it felt like being in the. Oh God, I'm forgetting the name of the movie. The the movie with uh, Harrison Ford and he's shooting people that are androids. What is that movie called? The Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Yes, it feels like Blade Runner, where the atmosphere is the there. It's raining all the time, and no one really takes it into account because it doesn't really impact anything. But it is present and and just leaves the the environment. And, you know, not having to bail your ship or worry that your ship's not going to be there at the end of the tall tale because the water doesn't ever impact it uh, the way that a normal storm does. Beautiful chef's kiss. Leave it. I, I I'm chef's totally kiss, fine I with that. Um. I wanted to bring up the murals because this was something that I know you ran into and I ran into it very different ways. Uh, but I absolutely loved it because at the very end of the tall tale, there's a payoff for it. Um, so with the murals, there's three different triggers and each trigger has a sound associated with that trigger. And when you flip them in the right direction, it crafts a tune but if you don't, it resets. And when you do, it reveals a mural. And I completely missed these my first playthrough. And you uh, came with me on the second time to help me out with the journals. And I came across one of the levers and I hit it and I kept hitting it and nothing happened. And I couldn't understand why nothing was happening. <laughs> I was looking on the wall, nothing changed. And you clued me in that it wasn't the only one. And that's when it clicked for me. But what was your experience with the murals and discovering those? <laughs> so there's a really tall room and it has two sets of switches. So a total of six switches. We found uh, four of them. And uh, between the four of us on the we were guy crew, we're throwing them. Well, none of the four that we found was the first one, so none were staying down. So we just had four switches that when we flicked them, just made a sound, went back up, didn't do anything. And we were trying to figure out what is the purpose of these switches, and we kept trying. Let's throw them in order, top to bottom, bottom to top. Let's throw them all at the same time. But that can't be the solution because the, these solutions got to be done as a solo. And we just could not figure it out until we looked it up and found out that there's sets of three. And we found one of the other ones, and that one stayed down, and then it all clicked for us. And we we're like, we just had the perfect storm of finding, what are the odds of finding four switches out of the six, and only two of them, if we found either of the other two, it would have made sense. But we just found the four that weren't the first ones. <laughs> Man. Yeah, that's, that is part of the reason why earlier when we were talking about Tall Tale 3, I mentioned that I, I was going solo, and that I wanted to play it as if I didn't understand any of the cheats for Sea of Thieves, because I, I figured that every tall tale, every secret had to be discoverable by one person and engineered so that someone could go through it and do it alone. And I'm so glad that I played that way because it, it forced me to think about the game from a very basic standpoint. Uh, I couldn't trust that, um, you know, jumps, uh, glitches, things like that. Mechanics that I'm accustomed to using would reveal what needed to be found, and there's there's a pro and con to that, you know. To to the people that are diehard that have that that knowledge, they'll find secrets that 
are hidden away for only the pirates that are, are worthy uh and that kind of takes something away from from kind of the prestige of being a a day one pirate if you will and being able to find those kinds of things but at the same time i i really do appreciate the, the fact that everything is achievable by one person just jumping into game pass and playing this for the first time and they aren't required to have a crew to be able to do anything and it scales and it's designed well um uh yeah the um the design for this is a lot of it can be helped when you have multiple people like oh the you know you you pull down a piece of debris and it slowly goes back to the position you to get across before it finishes if you have somebody who's not great at what my wife calls hoppy jumpy skills <laughs> at platforming the other person can hold it for them and it makes it easier for them but you still can all do it solo but there's some things that just you know could be made a little easier if you have a crew like hitting the secret levers you know you don't have to swim everybody can be at the lever and then hit it in the order all those sorts of things, but it all can be done solo. It's a very nice compromise. Be easier with a crew, but able to be done solo. Yeah, I, I really do appreciate that. Um, there is one... If it was my recommendation, yeah. I would recommend people would do the first and third Tall Tales solo or as a sloop, and the second, fourth, and fifth as a galleon crew. Because the first and third involve like cutscenes and events that are triggered by proxy. And with four people, I imagine you miss a bunch of stuff. Often, the person I was doing with would be like, oh, oh okay, uh, there's an event that to happen. Come over here before I start it. And we'd have to keep stopping to make sure both of us got to see it. Yeah. But the other ones, the two, four, and five, there's battles and there's fun things that are just a, generally more fun as a crew of four to be able to do. I could totally see that. Um, I, I wanted to, to touch on a couple things before we moved on because I, I went back and I actually looked at my notes. Uh, there was one thing that I thought was interesting. Um, remember at the beginning when you get to the Coral Fortress and Jack uses the locket to open up the door and he says he's mm -hmm. offended because uh, he didn't, Davy Jones didn't change the locks and he yeah. used the same thing. I don't know for sure, but at the beginning of Pirates of the Caribbean 2, we open on Jack uh, coming out of a coffin that has been nailed shut that a crew of uh, pirates are heaving off of this giant structure and that's never explained mm -hmm. and i think that we know that he goes to find the uh the the diagram of the key to the the heart mm -hmm. of uh the the chest uh that holds the heart of davy jones and i think that the locket is a reference to him to that part of the movie where he uses the locket in 30 minutes sorry to say hmm? but he doesn't get the locket till the end of the third movie he says he get picked it up when calypso transformed mm. <laughs> oh, sorry no no i i think that would have been a great nod if that if that had been the case because there was a, a time where he says that he used this before and i'm like that was a great witcher nod uh, witcher mm, by the way though you should be you can replace henry cavill <laughs> I appreciate that. I think it's silly. Um, oh, I just lost my train of thought because you're talking about Witcher. Uh, okay, so well, that kind of shoots down my theory on that. Then I don't know where Jones or I don't know where Davy Jones would have used the locket then uh, prior to this. There's a lot of blurred lines of how Davy Jones is about after the third movie, given that the third movie's canon in this story. It's a uh, it's a little confusing. So yeah, I just give it a pass. Um, one thing we didn't touch on that I know that you probably want to talk on the, the Reaper on the back of Dutchman's, uh, the Dutchman 
is missing the hourglass. Did so you know how all the time I keep saying, we're, Logan and I are finally we're going to do a debate about purchase purchasable resources, but we don't have time in this episode. We are coming up on two hours, so I'm not going to get into my whole thing. But I've got a thing ready. I've got it rearing to go about the Reapers, uh, the Reapers um, trading company, the Reapers from the Sea of the Damned, like the one you're referring to on the statue, and the Hourglass. And I'm ready to go off, but we just don't have the time. But yes, okay. there's something special about it, and I want to talk about it when we have the okay. time. I, one of these days we'll have to figure out how to actually do a short episode. Uh, moving on then. It would be pretty cool to figure that right, out, right? Yeah, it'd be way easier to edit. Uh, like, we split this into two, and this one's already going to be as long as the last it's one. It's true. It's, it's, oh, well, we'll have to figure that out. Uh, tall Tale. F- but we're on the last Tall Tale, so we're, we're almost done. <laughs> tall Tale 5 is, in fact, the, the, probably one of the, I don't know, it's, it's not the best, but it was very, very emotional, I think uh for me to actually get to- i get it I, I totally get where you you just came from like each one i want to go oh this is my favorite tall tale I'm like no no the other one was good no no the other one was good yes they're each so good yeah they do a great job of it um lords of the sea is the last tall tale this one was uh, epic to be able to go through um there this is the one that i think is the only one that you really have to do twice uh, you, well, yeah, you have to do this one twice to complete the commendations for it. I don't think that you can complete this one one time. Um, yeah. Okay. So yeah, you, you, ha- you have to do it twice to be able to kill all the statues and all the ghost ships. I think you can kill all the ghost ships on the first try, but only five yes. statues appear on the first run, the, uh, unless it's different on galleon, which I, I haven't done on. I did it as a galleon. It's only okay. Five. So for sure, you definitely have to do this one twice. Um, I loved that. The entire thing of this fortress appearing, and this this fortress can appear in any of the three seas. Uh, the first time I did it was down in the Ancient Isles. Uh, the second time I did it was up in the wilds, which it was nice because every time I spawn anywhere that is not close to uh, Golden Sands Outpost when I'm doing Tall Tale 2, uh, or if I'm doing um, Tall Tale 4, if I spawn anywhere that's not close to Sanctuary Outpost, I immediately jump servers and try and get closer. <laughs> Getting to this one and dropping it and being on Galleon's Grave, I was like, oh, this sucks. I'll have to f- I'll have to sail pretty far south to do this, but I'll do it anyway. I dropped the 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 dagger on the the journal on the Tall Tale, and Davy Jones's Derby Cloud appeared in the wilds, and I was like, oh, oh, thank you. Thank you so much for respecting my time rare. I appreciate that so much. I've, I've had to jump servers so many other times. And it was just, it was a nice, it was a nice feeling to be able to find out that Davy Jones appears in any of the three C's except for the uh, Devil's Roar, which is obviously not part of three because three has three certain, th- I'm not going to go into it. Anyway, Tall Tale 5. This was cool to be able to go sailing and do a flame heart event that was a more epic Flameheart event than just Flameheart being over a random island. Uh, I didn't have too much really to say about this one. I think that you can do it solo because Jack will jump on the cannon and tell you to repair. He's got very good aim. He's very, very good aim, especially for ships that are mm-hmm. far away. He doesn't always pick the right ship, like the closest one that's in within cannon range. Sometimes he'll pick a random one. Um <laughs> But he has exceptional aim and 
anything that he kills, whether it be the ship or the sirens, does count towards progress. And I oh, I nice. think that is a great way for Rare to help try and, and, and help solo slippers. So you can earn credit for the commendations. You don't have to be a good aim. You can have Jack on the cannons and manage the ship if you want. Uh, I did it again as a full sloop, two of us, and he's a third crew member. So one person would be driving, one person on cannons, and he's on the oh, other cannon. Oh, wow. That's that's even that makes it even easier because then you can have one person picking off ships and he can pick off the mm -hmm. siren statues. He's really good at that. Uh, this he's just an extra crew member, no matter the size of your ship. That's true, which is kind of what they expressed in it, and they they followed through and actually made a really good. They basically used the AI for the uh, skeletons on a on a skeleton galleon or a skeleton sloop and um, apply that to Jack, which is nice. Mm -hmm. um, he doesn't walk around though. He just kind of like teleports to different areas on the no, ship. No, and I think that has I Big yeah, I think that has to do a lot more with the ease of placement for his his character because even though he's ethereal, he is still a character. There's still resources to that, and that that has to be tied sure. to a location on the ship. Otherwise, he's just going to float off or float above it or float below the deck and stuff. So he has to be affixed to the bottom or to to the actual portion of the ship, just like we do when we're grabbing mm -hmm. stuff. Um, I liked when he was making fun of the names on the Sea of Thieves yeah. map. <laughs> wasn't wasn't that in four though? No, it was this one. Are you sure? Was it four? I think it was four when you're sailing up towards oh, the. Okay. But yeah, that is a really fun, Could be. fun. Uh, Either way, thing. yes. The and the tie into the movie too is great when he's talking about how pirates are a, a unimaginable lot when it comes to naming things, and then. He yeah. pulls up Devil's Shroud, Devil's Roar, Devil's Ridge. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, we're, we we kind of stepped into that <laughs> one, didn't we? Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, I like the references to his his past and uh, making fun of our names and stuff that is still canon to his character, which is really well done. Um, when we were fighting the statues and, and, and the ships, the beginning part of this tall tale, uh, I it was really cool that enemies would jump up and board our ship. Yes, that it really changed the callouts because I was playing with a crew who most of the players were uh, people I play arena with or or good at the game in in a lot of PvP. So we have our our, our whole system set out where we know what the callouts mean. The guy on the drivers calling the shots, people know exactly what to do, and that threw a wrench in the whole thing because it'd be like, all right cannons left side one guy go down repair one guy raise back sail real quick then jump on cannons and then board our ship and be like borders and everyone would just scramble would throw our whole sort of finely oiled machine into chaos as all of a sudden we'd have to stop what we were doing and, and, and deal with the borders it was it was a really refreshing change of pace i love again it. it's one of those things where i i hope and dread that if they ever work out how to get skeletons to climb ladders that skeleton fleets <laughs> and skeleton ship fights on islands where you're close by is going to be really really scary uh because there was a they just need to dip their skeletons <laughs> in in and just fire out the gold skeletons out of the cannons so they'll they'll damage the ship like a cannonball and then you know unfold themselves and now they're fighting oh, the ship. God, that's a brilliant idea i love that idea <laughs> battery shots that that turn into skeletons on your ship that's amazing I, I'm even I'm even down for that with the uh, with the ghost fleets, you know, do the ghost fleets. They shoot out spirits, have those spirits hit the ship and then spawn in the ship. Turn into a phantom. Ooh, ah, that's good. Yeah. Here you go. Rare free yeah. ideas. Just like Dark Lu Dark Lord Duke um, with this. We're writing credits. We're writing. I know that's pretty much what it is. <laughs> uh, 
with this fight, I'll, I'll be 100% honest, this tall tale is probably the most convoluted one for me as a whole, because during the encounter, we hear Calypso uh, sparring with Davy Jones, and they're combating each other uh, with words as to the value of, of what they're trying to do. Calypso is trying to convince Davy Jones that he is no longer bound to the oath of the, the sea outside of the Sea of Thieves, that he does not have to ferry souls to the dead, or he doesn't have to um, continue the, the route that he's down. He's no longer chained to that curse, uh, from what I gathered from it. And Davy Jones um, completely like says like no i'm 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 not i don't care about that i care about controlling the sea of thieves and uh that leads me to the idea of like he's being controlled by someone but with him being controlled is it is it his will that he's executing in this or is it someone else's will like who's controlling him because i think it's the captain but i have no proof of that mm -hmm. and well, well you do actually this it, it all would have been much smoother if it was just Davy Jones's plan. A lot of it is presented as it's his plan, but there's one line that really, like the enemies boarding the ship, throw a monkey wrench in the whole thing. In Tall Tale Four, he says that the captain has his heart. Does he say that though? The captain controls. Is it explicit? Yes, he does. A hundred. Yes. I have to play through that again because in my mind, the way that the the way that the dialogue goes is that. Um, Davy Jones says something to the extent of of uh, executing the captain's orders, and uh, or, or orders, and Wanda uh, bucks at him, saying uh, that Davy Jones is being uh, controlled by someone else, and that's when the discussion of um, him not wanting to get into it, but wanting to regain the treasure from Jack Sparrow, and then that's when the gold hoarder brings up where the captain is. And Davy Jones says, that's none of your concern. And it, and I don't remember there being a direct correlation between who has Davy Jones's heart. And if it's the captain, I assume it's the captain, but I don't. We, 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 I'll, 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 I'll play it after this, this episode, cool. but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm near certain that he says, yes. Okay. Sorry. I want to retouch on that. But I'm with you then. There's this like back and forth between Calypso and him about like, it sounds like he has like the free will to choose to do these things. But in the end, you know, if someone has his heart, he's got to do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really bizarre. And and the the thing that really bucks back at me is um, at one point she says that uh, she calls her parlay, and Davy Jones says you can't call parlay. You're not a pirate. Just like me, you're a monster. And I'm like, yeah, that was I'm one. I'm sitting here on my boat waving my arms like parlay, hello parlay what am i i'm a pirate they're pirates weren't you a pirate yeah but jones is a monster <sighs> i thought that was a great line. it was just like it I mean, was a great line a it really does like and, and this is the canonical part that i want to understand like going into future disney enterprises with pirates of the caribbean lore will this be canonical for disney i know it's canonical for rare but i want to know if Davy Jones is considering himself uh, controlled by someone else and not um, and, and not a pirate anymore, but still a monster. And that is the, like mm -hmm. it, it, it. Part of me thinks that Disney does not want to touch Davy Jones as a character anymore, that they're done with that character. 
and that they have different mm -hmm. characters in mind for their future use of the IP. And that's why Rare is free to do what they want with the story because it's not going to be touched on in future iterations of the films. But how does that correlate with you? Does that make sense? Do you feel like that's a safe bet? I think it's a safe bet that, you know, it ends where it started in the, in the case of pretty much at the end of this tall tale, you know, we've, we've done with all of the Disney IP things. They're, they're all gone. Jones is defeated and, and, um, and Jack Sparrow leaves opportunities for them to come back if they get the license again or have stories they want to tell again with them. But pretty much it, it, it leaves the franchise where it started. You don't have to worry about, oh, there's there's all these things that's happened. The only things that have happened that I'd be interested to see is like, oh, now there's two new members of his crew from the Sea of Thieves, the couple. And he has a pin on his chest that the couple gave him. Yeah, that I'd be really interested to see if those are in future incarnations, if, if Disney sees this as really continuing the, the the line and they continue it with this that'd be incredibly interesting but aside from that everything's left as it was it's it's a it's cl classic uh not storytelling just classic handling of ip that you'd expect. yeah i i still because uh, no big changes we don't have davy jones is now a giant crab or whatever they have to deal with no nope, it's all no he's he's technically locked in lock he's technically locked up by the ferryman uh in the sea of the damned right. uh calypso is going on on their own um gibbs uh uh anna maria in, in scrum is it scrum or yeah scrum yeah. uh george and rose are now all part of the crew for the the black pearl as they sail off um i'm very curious to find out if the treasure that this whole arc is based on uh is the thing that will bring into the movies or if that will be something oh, that yeah. is used purely for the rare use of of the ip uh that's yeah, that's knows? still a big question in my mind um i did want to talk a little bit about the venture up into the spire once you defeat the sheep the the sheeps not the sheeps that's the plural for ships, ships. right uh the once you once you defeat enough ships uh calypso strikes uh lightning down onto the spire which first off the fact that calypso's lightning is white and um davy jones's lightning is red such a star wars play in my mind i immediately like think of of like red lightsaber blue lightsaber <laughs> i don't i don't know why it it certainly was cool uh when her lightning just like almost like a gatling gun would hit some of the ships and take them out oh for yeah you. that was so yeah neat. that was great i i loved the use of that as a way to destroy ships as well um and and even not even just ships too when you're at the top of the spire you're being attacked by spirits uh, Calypso will actually nuke a couple of the spirits up there too with lightning, mm -hmm. which is it's, it's hilarious when you see them just so go poof. Let me tell you. Let me ask you a question. I mean, okay. say, I am so confused of what Cutler Beckett was there for. Which, by the way, if you notice, the phantoms that are there are all dressed in uh, admiralty type uniforms, all like, you know, they're part of the East Indian Trading Company instead of normal piratey. I don't know if you noticed yeah. that. Um, but what was with Cutler Beckett? I don't get that whole I, that whole scene confuses so me. So this, um, I'm going to vamp for a little bit while I try to uh, to to pull this up, but uh, I think this ties directly to the uh, journals that you can find. Um, if you read through the journals, the last one is most of them are about um, just regular pirates and their their kind of happenings and how they have forgotten who they are and how they ended up on the ferry and stuff like that. 
but there's one at the uh, very end that speaks about um, uh, the company men and uh, a company men by Lord C. Beckett. And it says, uh, it is most disconcerting to be unsure of one's own precise position in the world, which is a, an amazing, amazing callback to the way he talks. Uh, I would have sworn that my men and I were uh, aboard my vessel, which is a reference to the third film. Uh, but I, but as I am a company man, I shall continue to serve the interests of the company. And the company is capital C, by the way. It doesn't say the East India Trading Company. It just says company. I can see that Jones and the pirates are, and the pirate are locked in oppositions. Uh, or actually, sorry, this is a typo. And the pirates are locked in opposition, which is also a reference not only to the situation that we're in during that tall tale, but also to World's End, uh, where it was the pirate uh, fleet versus Jones um, in the whirlpool, uh, just as before. This must therefore be the battle for which I have been preparing. There is no other logical explanation, and thus I shall continue to follow my plan. The chest of Davy Jones shall be guarded with my soldiers' lives, if necessary. The Flying Dutchman will certainly destroy that ragtag pirate alliance soon enough. And then, once Sparrow is dead and Jones is of no more use, like the strings of the heart, unprofitable relationships are best severed. It's just good business. I think this is a hint to the uh, GMU, the Grand Maritime Union. <laughs> oh, no. I know you hate this. I'm sorry. I no, that came off bad, and I apologize. <laughs> that was rude of me. Uh, the reason I said "oh no" is it it felt to me a little um, uh, ham-fisted. Like it seemed very the what's what's the rule where the clearest answer, the easiest answer, is often the right one. Oh, uh, it's clear that this is this is a lore book about why he is now serving, you know, justifying why he's serving Jones. Yes. And it answered my question: Why is he there? He's there to protect the source of Jones's power, which is locked in the chest. Jones has him up there to protect it from us. Now I understand why he was there, and he one of the last person that we kill drops the yeah. key. Makes sense, uh, but I think that that's the simple answer. I don't think it has quite anything to do with the Grand Maritime Union. But make your case. I did interrupt you, and I apologize. No, that's it's a fair that's a fair point. It's it's hard to argue the the obvious thing that it is, and at that point, it's it's easy to take it at face value. If I wanted to, if I wanted to put on my tinfoil hat, and you know, kind of speculate a little bit. I do think that this would be a good opportunity for them to start pushing further and further into what I think will eventually be the, the Grand Maritime Union making their debut. They've been hinted at in the the comics. They've been uh, disguised as uh, uh, you know threats outside the Sea of Thieves for a while. We've heard wind that there's uh, an opportunity for them to find their way back to or into the Sea of Thieves, which was their eventual goal. They wanted to get into the Sea of Thieves and actually kind of reap the, the rewards of a, of a land untouched by the rest of the world. Um, but at this point, it's, you know, it's all speculation. Like I, I'm, I'm using very loose uh, words from a journal, one journal to try and, and make that connection. So at this point, it's, it's hard for me to argue the obvious answer, which you stated, which is that, that he doesn't remember what's going on, except he thinks he's in the place that he was, which was at the end of the third film. And he's just going to continue doing the thing that he think he was in, he was planning on doing from the first point. Because um, mm -hmm. most of those journals are the reasoning why those phantoms are fighting for Jones here in the final battle. True. Oh, Jones has given me a way out. I'll fight for him. True. Yeah, it shows that there's it. It shows the 
the reaping of what he intended to do with Sea of Thieves all along. These are just the first uh, the first henchmen that he's managed to coerce into uh, service. So, I I was shocked that the locket was what gave him his power. You know, Calypso says inside that chest what gives him his power, and she destroys it, and that's what collapses the spire and ruins the whole plan. My question is, why? When, when was that ever co- telegraphed? Isn't it the treasure he stole from Jack that gave him his power? Isn't that what we've been pursuing? No, the, the treasure from Jack allowed him to travel wherever he wanted, which I think included the Sea of the Damned. Um, the the okay. locket gives him power. The locket is a metaphor for his love for Calypso, which she reinforces after the fight when uh, when Davy Jones expresses how he doesn't understand how we could have won just a bunch of ragtag pirates. And she says, don't you understand the source of their power? It's the love it's or it's and I even said this on stream too. I'm like, it's it's love. It's got to be love. And she says, it's love, love of freedom for sailing and seas and stuff. And and it's it's to to show that he's lost his love for calypso and so the the locket destroying it is the confirmation of uh their relationship breaking and she no longer has any love for him she's dumping him uh after he says that i don't love you so we're just part of a big breakup, a colossal monster god breakup. Okay. Uh, well, no, we, we have our own <laughs> things, but you know what? The angry girlfriend does help out. She she gives she gets us inside. Uh, she still has the keys to the door, uh, so we get in. That line that you that you were talking about, I wish I wrote it down, and I, and I didn't feel like going through the whole tall tale to write it down again. But I also noted that line. It was pretty cool. There's a cheesiness when the answer is love and freedom. It's a, I would say it's a very American story but this was written by british people but regardless um it's still the the phrasing was 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 really well crafted yeah yeah and and that's you you lost because you don't have love they they have love if it's love for freedom love of the sea love of yada 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 pretty much yep and that that's one of those situations where you know it's it's a good little uh uh little bow on top of the present you know you you tied everything together and everything's set up uh, and it really just kind of culminates in the idea that this is, you know, much like the goal or no, uh, wow, Pirate Lord Ramsey's showing up at the end of uh, the Gold Hoarder fight saying like, it's not about the gold. It's about the glory. This is very much like the it's not about the 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 murder. It's about the love. Uh, it's not who controls the seas and stuff. And um, there's a couple of times where they they say the pirates here are different and they t- I think maybe twice they articulate how we're different. Oh yeah, it was in the Tall Tale Three at the end in that in, in the tavern. Uh, he says that something like these pirates can show that uh, being a pirate doesn't mean you have to be cruel or something like that. You can be a pirate and and be a good man. That's what see if these pirates prove. And that's I think that's a that's cool because the whole time Rare has always been fighting against even with like a pirate code. You know, pirates being plundering uh, people who do awful things in reality and then the fantasy version of them, which they're trying to cultivate and and, and use in the game. And there's always that dichotomy. And so they really got to articulate what 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 they want their version of pirates to be and, and what it is to be a pirate in the game. And I think they did a good job through these tall tales saying so, saying as much. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. It's it really does kind of. uh it really does kind of speak to the the goal of Seath. And it's it's funny because um when 
the when the update came out, so many people were like, I can't believe they're having instanced servers for for this PVE content. What about them saying that it's a PVE V or no, a PVPVE world and a shared world adventure like they're they're siloing off this content for PVE people and stuff like that. And it's like even at the end of the tall tales where there was a couple that were siloed off for the experience where they could cater the the design of it. Even at the end, they're like, look, you don't have to be toxic to have fun and having fun is the goal and having the, mm. the freedom to do what you want, whether that be, you know, a PVP Lord or a PVE uh, heart, you know, master, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, that is all still very, very valid and acceptable uh, in this in this world. And that's what I think what really excites me. I did pull up my VOD from the Tall Tale 5 and I found those lines if you if you're interested. Oh, yeah, I would love to hear So uh, Davy Jones says, impossible. Uh, how can you still be fighting? What sorcery gives you strength? And uh, Calypso responds, do you still not recognize the true nature of their power, Davy Jones? They're made, uh, they've made no eternal bargain. It's not a siren song or a precious treasure. It's love. Love for freedom. And a love no blade can carve away it will not end like this says davy jones i will not be defeated not by a treacherous sea hag <laughs> not by a wretched sentimental pack of pirates and never ever by jack i can't read that last word it's just a <laughs> and then he disappears what a great end to a tall tale cheesy as all get out such a pirates of the caribbean True. movie but i absolutely loved it if you as i told you we were playing with guys who have like our old set roles and you know one of the roles is the guy who goes out and board if you try to board the flying dutchman you get black screened <laughs> i i thought since we saw the layout there would be like you know the the uh, and we've seen the ocean crawlers fire cannons before in the tall tales that we would they would be there firing the cannons you could fight them off nope you just black screen i wish the fight with him was a little more interesting after just a few shots he like all the i guess mega kegs he stored on his boat foolishly go off yeah that was great um, though oh i love that it was <laughs> it's it surprised me just as much as it did in the last tall tale when we were firing the cannons while you're defending the dutchman and it exploded i'm like i didn't know there was kegs back yeah. there yeah, it's it's funny how many kegs he was holding on to. And again, just shows how how much of a noob uh freaking Flameheart or not Flameheart, Davy Jones is to the Sea of Thieves. You never <laughs> carry kegs aboard your ship. That's yeah, just don't oh, do man, it. At least not there. And he's had it all spread out yeah. too. Uh, but I wish that final battle was a little more interesting. When we were trying I, I was doing a specific just trying to board um thing with just me and another guy in the sloop and our only purpose is try to board him. That lasted a long time, and he actually has multiple attacks that we didn't see when we first did it because with four cannons on a galleon, we hit him, I think it was like five times or something before he explodes. We hit him really quick, but with the sloop and we weren't shooting at him, he's got multiple attacks. He has the the cannon shots, but he also has the the drop this anchor, and you hear it go as he oh, yeah. brings it up to drop it, and the wave comes a out, shockwave. and it hits you, and it puts hold. Yeah, shockwave, thank you. It hits you. It puts holes in your boat. We didn't even get to see it the first time because they just don't give him enough health. Yeah, yeah. I think that I, I would. I wouldn't mind if had. I was going in a sloop and I was sailing with 
the uh the the crew of uh pen dragons and roses and uh the morning star and and of course the black pearl they were all lobbing shots everywhere i barely got a shot in mm-hmm. anywhere because at that point jack sparrow's off my ship i'm sailing solo and that fleet just annihilated him and i was like well here, here's a here's a fun little fact they don't do damage to him because when we did the sloop they hit him a million times. And he oh, really? It's only your cannons that count. Uh, I'm assuming Jack's cannons count as well. No, because Jack's not yeah. on the ship. He's on the Black So Pearl. you get the benefit. You so get it's your cannons. Oh, I love that. I love when you get to press the big red button. That's that's one of the best yeah, yeah, things yeah. about games. <laughs> it's like you get to press the button. That would have sucked if they triggered it. And you're like, I didn't even shoot yeah. him. Yeah, that's great. Kudos to Rare for, for letting us hit the big red button. Because there's so many games that don't, like, they're like, all right, cutscene, and everything happens in this epic moment. And you're sitting there watching it like, I have a controller in my hand. Why? <laughs> Let me ask you the biggest question I've been holding on to. Okay. Here. What exactly is their plan? I understand the concept of him becoming the, the ferryman. That is the clearest part of the plan. What I don't understand is what what factor did the giant mermaid statues play into it? What was the ritual at the end of Tall Tale 4? What exactly was going to happen if we didn't stop him here in Tall Tale 5? What exactly was he doing? I think the goal, and you, you're not wrong for bringing this question up because I think it is a very valid question. Um, if I had to try and answer it, I would say that it is allowing the sirens to retake control of the seas and help kill the pirates so that the pirates would then be indentured to the dark brethren or the the brethren court oh so he's got the plan of what to do to make sure that they come back from the ferry on his side but he needs to kill them so he raises the giant statues which it's already been established that the song that the statues hum give the mermaids power in some way that I don't think was exactly articulated. So he's giant statues to give them great power so they can kill the pirates, send them to the ferry to Jones's ferry. Yes. Okay. So what exactly, what part of this plan does he defeat the ferryman and take his place? I think that lied with the treasure that isn't explained at all, but that's, that again uh, okay. is a guess. I, I have nothing. What was the ritual at the end of four? The ritual at the end of four? I don't know, actually, because it's a gold bubble, which indicates that it's being used from the treasure and they're able to disappear. So the treasure, for whatever it is, it, it's I'm, I'm going to call that treasure not treasure anymore. I'm going to call that the bring bring me that horizon treasure because it, the MacGuffin is what it is. <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, it, it seems to allow you to teleport wherever you want to go. I think go. it actually doesn't technically fit the definition of MacGuffin. I think a MacGuffin, its only purpose is that people want it and it doesn't do anything. This actually treasure does do something. I... Oh, you're making me wonder now what the heck a MacGuffin technically is. Hey, I told you I took an acting class. Dab, 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 dab. That's true. Let's see. Actually, that would have been a movie class. Whatever. Don't listen to me. I'm it's f- ironic because I actually took both. Uh, an object or device in a movie or a book that serves merely as a trigger for the plot. It is a MacGuffin. We we we're, we are over two hours in. I shouldn't have brought us down. This How dare path. you? I'll let me let me sword dash and knock you back into the proper path i'm gonna blunder uh, you one day so we're not quite sure the plan's a little ambiguous i'm not the only one who, <laughs> who was confused about the ritual good right? job yes i i concur okay if people on the discord want to post their um their ideas of it or how people interact with you with twitter and such 
or emails. Uh, I'd be interested to hear what other people think the ritual was. A little, little, little perplexing to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't know exactly what we were stopping. Why going to the spire and and by the ritual at the end of the that. the ritual might have been something tied to raising the the fortress that it is because I I think the intent is is that you finish four and go directly into five. Okay, so the ritual at the end of four is raising the spire for what the purpose. Our best guess is the mermaid thing. I think so. Because I don't know. I see. I figured it have to do with something with him supplanting the the ferryman is what I thought it was, but I couldn't. I didn't see exactly how. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, the mermaid statues could just be defensive structures because they essentially are just zones. Don't that you that would hurt your. Well, ship. I mean, maybe that is their purpose. It's it's. Ambiguous. I mean, the the statues themselves serve as the devil's shroud, which would destroy ships. And if those pop up around the sea of the sea of the thieves. Uh, then it's going to be a lot harder to navigate not only the Sea of Thieves, but getting to and from the the the, shr- uh, the Devil's Shroud. So if you wanted to sink a ship, that would be a way to do it. Um, it would just be kind of weird that you would actively sail through one of those. I don't know why. Yeah. It's hard to tell. So, well, listen, with the way I sail, I'll often do it. <laughs> I hit a lot of rocks. Um so we've we're ending this tall tale with two of this brethren, uh, dark brethren court destroyed. The Gould Order, who may come back again, and he might, like you said, be the guy that he's the infinitely responding dude. Maybe I'm not sure, but he certainly needs time. He's not there right now. Davy Jones is locked up, so we just have Wanda and and um, and Duke, along with the 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 Captain, who is who who knows who he is and where he is. Uh, all we know is that he's not here. He said he'd sail here. Uh, yeah. So I assume he's either out of the Sea of Thieves or he's on the edges of it. So so we've really, we've we've dashed their plans to ribbons for the future plans. Now this whole Flameheart versus Brethren. We still have the captain who's who's has got machinations going on. And he's still got the two subordinates of Wanda and Duke. I wonder if those two are going to hold on to each other. And like, I'm not going to get many. The captain's plan failed. Am I going to abandon him? Or are they going to continue to work with him? There's a lot of space open for the story. But we have really put a huge dent in the Dark Brethren they're they're not the big threat as that they were before we're effectively left right where we started you know we had duke which i always knew was a dark lord and we had wanda missing (laughs) and stitcher jim wasn't introduced to this at all the you know gold hoarder was gone and davy jones uh wasn't here beforehand the siren queen's now dead so there's no threat there but the sirens are still going after us for some reason i guess loyalty to to the well maybe it's because you killed their queen a little upset about that i mean we killed their king the queen went after us because we because we killed the killed the king a long time ago just now showed up with the siren so I'm, i guess the siren king, queen had a little more sway she's the daenerys to the to the the clan i guess i have no clue how that works uh gonna leave that one on the table for now um but yeah essentially at the end of the the series of tall tales we're left in exactly in the same position that we were but now we know there's a new player on the field the captain that's true who i'd like to hear more info of because I know you've mentioned him before outside of lore, but in the game, that's the first we've heard of. Yes. Yeah. And it's ironic that it feels like a Batman movie where, or Batman cartoon show where it's basically you did all this and nothing changed except you learned a little bit more about something that's going to come down the line. Right. (laughs) You got to have the syndication where the next episode of, of uh, friends can continue without having a a through. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a, a, a interesting sense of, of where we came at the end of this. 
I, I wanted to say briefly, and I'll talk a lot about this because you already talked about it, but the Cursed Captain of Tall Tale one was amazing. Oh, so I really good. liked him. I'm a little surprised there are no titles as a reward for doing these Tall Tales. Not even a single There's none? one. Nope. No, you're right. There aren't. That is weird. I th- I think the ghost cosmetics that you get for completing Tall Tale 3, the... the, the Ta- the, what do you call the, the captains the, of the, the damned mug. what's the mug called uh tankard tankard thank you the tankard and the instruments they're amazing i've heard people talk about before what if we had an all gold version of the sailor set as some high value reward for something i think this is that that's like a gamified version this is a much more sea of thieves version if we had the ghost of the damned version of the entire sailor set i would love that yeah I, I hope we get more of those pieces so you can be decked out in full Sailor of the Damned set stuff. It's amazing. I think it's a really great way to take something that's like a default cosmetic that most people change out of quickly and give it wonderful new No, life. No ghost curse uh, either. Prized after. We didn't... Nope, they're waiting on it. It's so strange. Listen, we all want the ghost curse. We all want the skeleton curse. They're holding it for something well, special. Well, you can you can get a gold curse if you, or not a gold curse. You can get the uh, skeleton esque curse if you buy the warsmith or the. Um... And you can get both the ghost and a skeleton curse if your computer doesn't load the models right. That's weird. I'm not gonna. Okay. <laughs> Little green skeleton walking around. Um, I, the sound design was phenomenal. I, I was laughing to myself last episode, last episode when we kept re- referencing Resident Evil 2 because there's a sting in the music, the ambiance when you're solving the water puzzles of the, the mermaid zones uh, that is very much Resident Evil 2 uh, front hall police station main theme that I just kept thinking about. And then when you when it just naturally came up Resident Evil 2 last episode, I, I thought it was so funny. Uh, really great, great music. Sound design in this game is phenomenal. Uh, just doing the water puzzles really probably my favorite ambiance piece, but there's great music and ambiances. I wish they would upload some of those environmental pieces to YouTube or something so I could listen to them. Uh, the mermaid statue puzzles sounded great. I really love when you solved them and they would make like, they'd use three or sometimes just four notes and make something that sounded beautiful. Like da, 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 da. And you're like, Oh, it just really sounded great when you solve something and you felt really good about it. Felt a lot like uh like opening a chest in Zelda. Yes, that's a good point. Um, when there's there's good um game design that you you first kind of notice when you play some some older games and it's like it's kind of an open environment. How did I know where to go? And you look back, oh, because well, they lit things certain ways. There's certain things that they do with environment design that's great. When you're pulling up a rope to pull up a piece of a wreck shipwreck to make a platform to yourself and your eyes follow the platform as it goes up there's points where like oh, it goes up and then you look up at a statue that's got water out of its mouth and it's staring at you and it's like oh having them direct my content to that kind of spooked me real quick they do they do some good things with your line of sight or, or environments yeah i really do appreciate that uh definitely gives you a sense of of what to do and where to go sometimes it's not as obvious but I think the best example I can think of this is uh, in Tall Tale 1 when you're in the uh, sailor's grave. And there's so many times where I knew where I had to go dig up a chest uh, based on the map table that's in the tavern in the back uh, captain's cabin section. And I went there and you can see it's it's already dug up. But my stupid brain was like, I'm digging in the right spot. Where's the chest? And it wasn't until I noticed that the little glints of gold 
leading into a trail that I was like, oh, there it is. That's that's <laughs> what it was. It's dug up. Obviously, I got to follow the breadcrumb trail, or in this case, a literal coin trail to where I have to yeah. go. They they do such a good job of giving you those little those little things that if, if you're attentive, you will catch and, and it will it will naturally un, unfurl like uh, before you, you know, you'll see the whole thing kind of laid out uh, as opposed to you just focusing in so narrowly on one domino and you're placing that one domino and then you're placing the next one. It's not until you kind of step back that you see the whole thing. And finally get the, the 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 actual satisfaction of tipping that first domino and watching the whole thing uh, kind of cascade around you. The the sunken sorrow hull was a surprise hit for me. I didn't think I was gonna like it, but when I put it on, it really had like a, a splash of paint or like it was shot up by paintballs. Uh, that that was uh, really cool, and, and it, 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 you can make some cool sets with it. Uh, I didn't know Joel Schumacher designed a hull for Sea of Thieves. Really cool. I felt like I was in Batman forever. Was it Joel Schumacher or was it Splatoon 2? I couldn't tell. Oh. <laughs> I had a hard time with that. But yeah, it's it's an interesting one. The um, uh, Sales of Hope, uh, which was a charity sales I, I was playing around the other day with you, uh, found that that purple and uh, blue goes really well with that hull. Uh, looks beautiful, yeah. especially when you're murdering mm-hmm. people with it. Yeah, I've been using the deep ocean crawler, which is about the only time I've ever used ocean crawler, unironically. That's fair. In this tall tale, I'm surprised we haven't mentioned it all. In these tall tales, we see different ship sizes. We see um, uh, ship sizes that are in the Ferry of the Damned. We see it with Barbosa's ship. Very much, I think, designed specifically because that's the way they look like in the ride. But we also see them in the final tall tales. They're the phantom ships are those new ship design that are a little bit bigger and they've got more cannons and they're on their um, below deck cannons. It's interesting to see the new ship design. I honestly like our galleon design better. This is cool. And this is great for what it is, but for the ship appearance that I get to drive, I think the galleon just looks better. And I'm glad they went with that instead of this more, maybe traditional would be the word design. And we also see the black pearls, this huge ship. We also see the, um, the flying Dutchman that's got like sort of that cool topography inside of it. It's really, really cool stuff to see these different sizes of ships. Yeah, I remember, I can't remember when we were talking about it, but I remember being on the Black Pearl and just admiring how beautiful it was and then thinking, man, you would need so many bodies on this ship to actually sail it. It's just so big, <laughs> but it was nice to feel like, I'll, I'll be 100% honest, the design of the galleon that we have does not make logical sense uh the the mizzen mast um should go straight through the captain's cabin but it doesn't uh and yet it's still 100 percent like sound which also doesn't make sense based on how ships were designed <laughs> but looking at the at the black pearl and being on the dutchman it felt like i was watching a scene from those movies or even better uh black flag uh so much of that film is is shot on or so much of that series is shot on ships and you see people hanging around on the railings and people are on the mid deck that's opened up and they're having discussions and dialogue and they're communicating with the crew because the crew have a say in what's going on and when i'm in the black pearl or when i'm on davy jones's uh the dutchman you feel that that sense of encompassing 
whereas everything on the galleon feels so compressed you know the 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 top deck and the or the top deck is is completely open mid deck is just barely taller than a human and bottom deck is just barely taller than a human and there's so much scope and breadth designed with the captain's cabin for the black pearl or uh the dutchman that like when you walk into the the captain's cabin of the dutchman and you see the large pipe organ with its pipes and the stained glass and stuff it's like it's so majestic and, and just completely dwarfs the captain's cabin of a galleon that it's hard not to be drawn to wanting that and thinking like what would a, what would a different sea of thieves be like if you had that that scale in the game where you still had a crew but that crew was uh just larger in number you know what if you had fewer ships on the seas but you had uh six or seven players to one big ship like that and even the inside of the ferry of the damned even though it's a galleon model it was cool because below deck it isn't just big open empty rooms it was neat to have a little variety there yeah tables chairs food barrels books things yeah it felt <laughs> it feels more lived in jack even makes a comment in one of the tall tales he's like this is not a bad ship but it definitely is lacking in things like a bed and it's <laughs> it's like we have a brig but we don't have a bed on the sloop it's so weird <laughs> i want uh, so many of these npcs outfits the castaway is amazing i really like her seaweed looking hair as well but if you go in that, that Tortuga-like town, there's so many uh, cool outfits, and I want every NPC's outfits. I understand it's it's great game design to have NPCs you know, look different and stuff, but I still I want all those outfits. I want the hat with the Jolly Roger on it. So many cool NPC yeah. outfits. Yeah, it was it was really cute to see the Black Pearl with uh, the top sail, uh, having the the little little Jolly Roger flag at the very top. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Tia, Tia Doma in general, when she, when she reveals herself is so spot on. It was, it was eerie. Just like, I always looked at the castaway and thinking like, ah, you know, this is, it makes sense. Cause you know, she could look however she wants. She's a goddess and stuff and it looks cool, but man, I would have killed to have seen like what they, what, what, uh, Calypso looks like in Sea of Thieves and stuff. And, and they gave it to me and I was just like, oh, this is so satisfying. This is exactly what I wanted to see. I wanted to see every character represented in Sea of Thieves from the Pirates of the Caribbean IP. And with a few exceptions, like I would have loved to have seen the the two characters that I never remember their names, but they are the the comic relief for Barbosa. Uh, the, the, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't remember their um, names, but... Um, they they are my favorite characters in Pirates of the Caribbean. They're the ones that are always kind of pulling in the audience and saying like, "Hey, you're you're still involved with this." Pintel and Rigetti. Thank you. Oh God, I can never remember their names, but yes, I love them. I wanted them. I wanted their snark uh, in Sea of Thieves because it would fit so perfectly with Sea of Thieves and the humor that 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 we have in the game. Well, you answered one of my questions, which was, what was one thing you would have added? The Pintel and Reggae is a great answer. So let me uh, conclude with asking, what was your favorite thing from these tall tales? I already said mine was the town. Oh, what was your man, favorite? Man, that's so hard to ask. Because I'm, I'm with you on the t on the town. The town is uh, fantastic. I really loved the the escape room that was Sailor's Grave in the first tall tale. Um God, that's a that's it's so hard because I have such nostalgia for so many aspects of the game. Um, 
if I, it feels like a cop out. It really does. But having that brethren court, having that, that uh, league of doom, you know, having the, the, the evil villains sitting at a table and you kind of, kind of sneaking in on it, um, felt so like when Jack Sparrow and Will Turner are sneaking in on the conversation that Barbosa is having with his crew before they uh, slice uh, Elizabeth's hand and have her drop the coin of Cortez into the chest. Mm-hmm. It felt like that moment where you're just kind of like uh, waiting for the opportune moment to, 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 you know, before you do something and in having that moment and then having the realization that, my suspicions of Duke were true, but getting to see uh, the gold hoarder was a huge surprise to me. It was amazing getting to uh, see Wanda uh, mask off in, in full skeleton form, conversing freely as, as, a, as an equal amongst the, all of them instead of this, des, uh, this, this person who's desiring power, who's, who's been calculating behind the scenes this whole time, getting her to sit down at, a, at the table, kind of like a baroness if, you, if you're a fan of uh, G.I. Joe. Um, she felt very sure of her presence there. And it, that was, that was like, it was, it was, um, alluring to me to, to see that because it was like, finally a good female villain. That's what I like. I like female villains to be that, that, uh, cool headed calculated, uh, person. Like I love those types of characters in, in, um, like, uh, the WandaVision had a great one of those and it was so satisfying to, to watch that show and, and have the villain in that show reveal herself if you look she's the one who throws down the power to disappear was she i thought that was the gold hoarder yeah. move doing that no i think okay her. also she has hair which is weird she's got a head of hair that doesn't surprise me too much because she it's cool she does have hair when she's the warsmith in curse sales i like it yeah Really, really beautifully designed. I love the the realization too that uh, she crafted the Reaper's bones to set the pirates against themselves. It's like the whole the whole mm-hmm. PvP faction is really just a, a machination of a PVE thing. Like <laughs> way to stick it to the to the people that are like, no more PVE. <laughs> it's like, all right, fine, fine. Have your PvP courtesy of PVE. <laughs> and it looks like canonically, you're the villain. Yeah. Yep. I love it. Uh, I think it's great. But yeah, I would I would have to say that that coming to that and realizing it and having it on stream and having uh, friends watch me react to that and their in their reactions to me reacting to oh, it. Oh, you like stood up. My I dude. know. I was. Oh, God, it was such an amazing moment. It, it, it's a good thing you didn't like DJ Wheat when <laughs> like you had uh, what do you call it? Uh, pajama bottoms on. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was, uh, I, I, I go to stream ready for work. Um, so I'm already like in the clothes that I'm going to be wearing to work. So it was a good thing that I didn't just like hop on with, you know, boxer briefs and decide to stream. Uh, that, that would have been pretty awkward, but yeah, that, that <laughs> moment was so, so amazing to me. It was so just, it, it, I can't even express it. It was just amazing. Yeah. It was just so absolutely amazing. It was such a great cool. moment for Sea of Thieves lore wise. It was up mm-hmm. there with the end of Heart of Fire for me. It was up there for the battle with uh, with the Gold Hoarder. It was one of those moments where it was like, these are the these are the set pieces that tell the story of Sea of Thieves as a game and as a as a world. And this world is so well crafted that it goes on par 
with most stories that when I hop into, say, like Destiny, so many fans of Destiny know exactly what's going on or so so enthralled when certain moments happen in the world. But I am so disconnected from that lore that I couldn't possibly understand why it's important. But I'm I'm there for that, for Sea of Thieves. So when these moments happen, I I, I recognize them. And I just I, I I just relish the moment because it's so amazing for me as a fan. Well, it was a good moment, and it's it's uh, I'm not surprised that was your favorite one. These tall tales were great. I'm glad we got to go through them. I'm glad I got to spend a little time with you in them, and I'd still be happy to do uh, more with you just to hang out in some of those cool zones and areas. There's a there's a lot of things cool in this game, but you know what? There are some things that are just not in yet. It's time for the top ten things Caleb will like to see come to the game. Number 10. Collector's chests, if gotten from skeleton ships, should be skeleton chests like from the tall tale. From the... You know, I'm talking about the, the open up a bowl. We call them collector's chests, the treasure chests. I know which the... I So you're saying that collector's chests that we get from them, what skeleton chests are you talking about? Like the bone covered ones? Yeah, there, there's some tall tale ones where there's collector's chests, but they've got like bones on them and stuff. Wow. I don't remember. I think these. you see them like in the, uh, the 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 one with the we had to save the souls. You open up these chests that they're locked into. Oh man, I'm gonna have to play through the those again. Star. Yeah, because I don't remember how those look. I remember Briggsy's because it's got her mask on it, and I remember uh, the ancient. I remember one. the ancient one, and I remember Rose and George's one because it has the the pendants on it. I don't remember the captain of the skeleton ones. I I genuinely need to look this up or or go play through those again, but. Yeah, I'm I'm down for that. Like, change that change that uh, asset, switch that over. Give us a reason to have some different looking collector's chests than the the boring ones that we get all the time. Number nine, the option to disable seasonal notifications should be split into two options: ability to turn off seasonal notifications and ability to turn off trial notifications. I want to see when I've done trials, but I don't need to see every time I've picked up and put something down on my ship. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. Uh, having the progress for trials and for levels is nice. I don't necessarily need to see uh, what each thing I do grants renown. Um, it, it would be nice if if we could have something that was a little a little different from that. Number eight. I'd like to see my arms in first person when we do certain activities. You see them like you know when you're you're turning the wheel, but when you're raising up like uh, the sail and things like that, there's an animation other people see, but in first person, there's just no arms there. I don't know why. Well, I like to see them. Yeah, that's an interesting one because I think that part of it deals with the visibility of what's going on. But yeah, without seeing it, um, you have to visibly look at what you're actually doing to understand like are you actually raising it or are you lowering it like anytime a mask goes down I, i'll be hard pressed to tell you which direction you should be pulling uh to bring it back up I'm, I'm assuming it's down but i try both every time number seven the captain's quarters door on the galleon should be interactable so you can yes. open and close it there's a point where they uh made some things that weren't interactable interactable the windows on the sloop and there's like this little window on a brick that is so useless that they made interactable. Why not the door in the galleon? Yep. That is something I uh, have been talking about on the podcast for a long time. And as soon as I went into the first tall tale for a pirate's life, I noticed just how many doors were interactable. And I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> we've worked it out. By George, we figured out the science. We've, we now understand how doors operate. We can now put functioning doors on the galleon. And give the captain the key. 
I'm down for this. You know, speaking of interactable doors, you know what really threw me off? In the first tall tale, trying to figure out where the grog came from, there's a tavern, and in the tavern, there's a bunch of stacks of, you know, barrels of grog, and you can interact with the bar to open it and walk in. Yeah. And I thought, they wouldn't have made that interactable if this isn't where I get my grog. And we kept coming back there, like there had to be a reason. Later on, you find a tall tale three to to progress, you have to go behind a counter and open up the counter. So that's why there's an open up counter uh, uh, interactability. But also, speaking of Captain Quarter's doors, the door's color should be influenced by the hull in some way. There's many times where the, it just starkly you have default door around colored hull. Looks weird. And speaking of things that should stick the color to your, your hull, when you dock your rowboat, it should get uh, it should be get the color of your of your um, your hull in some way. Yeah, we see it in arena. Why can't we have it here? Yeah, that was oh man. When I saw that in arena, I was like, this is why we have to delete this mode. Uh, I want this to be something <laughs> in uh, adventure. Like take it out of arena, put it in adventure. No one's using arena. Uh, it's it's something i'm i'm 100 percent down for also they need to revisit a lot of other uh livery sets because the interiors can be starkly different compared to the exteriors mm. when you go on top deck the top deck is completely covered with a very specific type of look you go below deck and it's completely plain and the same thing with the masts as well too a lot of the masts underneath the yeah. ship uh do not reflect the color of the top side mast and I'm, I'm yeah it's usually the earlier ones yeah and i i just i would love if they had time to revisit that it's not a it's not a need it's totally a want but uh, it's just one of those like continuity things that i would love to have number six i would like an interact button to be able to sit down on chairs and benches anything that are littered around the just world just interact with chairs and benches regardless I, I can sit i can stand i can do a handstand on them let me interact with them period let me turn them around and sit them, sit them like I'm going to talk to a bunch of teen kids at a school. Yeah, yeah. I heard you wanted to become a pirate legend. <laughs> and let me show you how you can do that by tearing this phone book in half. Exactly. Number five. We need some kind of visual indicator for the tides that turn your ship. You know how sometimes when you're sailing, even though you have the wheel straight, you turn and it's not directed by the wind because there's many times when the wind's in different positions. It still happens. It doesn't happen. It has something to do with the tide, but there's no visual indicator. I would like to see a visual indicator so I know what's going to happen and know how to counteract it. This is one that I'm going to have to push back on. Um, the rudder can stay straight if you lock the wheel, which we don't have a way to lock the wheel, but the game is simplified in a sense that you don't have to always hold onto the wheel in any time of sailing anywhere. Regardless, you would always have to have someone on the helm or lock the helm so that it wouldn't sway because uh, the waves will push it. Um, the waves pushing up, if you're going across the the waves, so if you sail with the waves where you're going up and down, up and down, up and down, it's very seasick uh, in, 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 for, for most people, um, you're generally not going to get much sway. When you're crossing waves or crossing the tide and the wave is coming and it bats up against the left or side uh, or the left or right side of the ship, that's when you start to get that push. Uh, that is such a natural thing that I think is so unique to Sea Thieves that I absolutely hate because it always forces me to overcompensate most of the time when I'm leaving the wheel. <laughs> um, that I just it's it's something that's innate to the design of the to the water and I and I actually think it's a great detail that i wouldn't want removed or or uh 
kind of discounted by well, i don't know who you're pushing back because i didn't say i wanted it removed i just want a better visual indicator. i think that i've looked at the water you, you you just said that you can see it i've not ever seen it and i've tried i just can't see it okay it's i'll have to next time we sail i'll have to see if i can point out like the yeah. cross the cross wave if it's there it's certainly not noticeable enough and i would like it to be noticeable i funny enough i pay a, a lot of attention when i'm helming during a fight um because there's times where we'll be in a fight and I'll be looking at the waves and seeing if I can literally surf on the top of a wave uh, if it benefits us because it evens out the boat and you don't get the wake as much and it's easier for mm -hmm. cannon shots. Um, hmm. So that's something that like personally I try to keep a, an eye on. Whenever whenever we're in a fight, I will try to have people engage uh, when we're not going through the waves and we're going along with the waves because that tends to be a little bit easier for cannoning as opposed to when you're going against the waves and you're just going up and down and up and down you can't gauge your shots mm -hmm. number four they need to complete sets there's a lot of incompleted sets out there some don't need to be completed like we talked about some basic recolors that well you already have that color of that equipment so you don't need the rest of the set the clothing's enough but there are many 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 sets out there that could use the rest of their set that just don't get completed some are missing just like one can i have my sea dog fishing rod please 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 we already have a recolor of the set but i don't even have the freaking rod please there's some sets that need to be finished come on yeah i i think Everyone's also going to yell about bone crusher pants. <laughs> I think we'll get them eventually. I think it's just a matter of time in this case. Glorious sea dog fishing rod. Give it to me. Number three. Gravity acts weird on ships that are sinking, and I hate it. I think when the ship is underwater, when you're underwater, let me swim. Look at me stuck in the bottom and I can't get up. Let me swim. That's a weird one. I don't know how they fix that. But yeah, I, I, I definitely see where you're coming from. Number two. I want a Captain Hook cosmetic. Uh, maybe a whole bunch of clothing for it, including that huge hairstyle. You gotta. Or maybe it's it needs a costume as you just have it all in one. Either way, I need Captain Hook. Like from the Hook movie I'm talking about. I want his cosmetics. It looks great. Yeah, it's elaborate. And I'm, I'm with you on that one. I think it'd be beautiful. I think it would be a great way to pull in a variant of something that we had in the game for a while that got taken out because uh, there was a ship set that was or a costume set that was in the uh galleon's grave shopkeep and that got taken out and it was it was kind of reminiscent of something like a cross between rufio and uh captain hook and it was taken out we all thought it was the flameheart cosmetics um i'm totally down with having actual captain hook stuff yeah well if they're if they do do like a, a pirate uh a, a, a pan peter pan crossover that would be a great opportunity for it i guess definitely number one i don't know how i don't know why i don't know for what purpose but the arena turn-in boats need to come to adventure in some way shape or form they're so great we need them in adventure i mean you're you're basically agreeing with me that arena should come to adventure Stop. I am never agreeing with you with that. It's a bad idea. No, it's a great idea. This is a good no, idea. No, it's a great idea. I think it's a great idea. I agree. My idea is a great idea. Your idea to bring them in is facilitated by my idea to bring Arena into adventure. Uh, if they bring it, what you think about it? I yeah. Mean, 
Yeah. You know what would be amazing is if they brought Arena into uh, Sea of Thieves, but every time... Gross. Or better yet, here we go. Here we go. Uh, here's a good, here's here's my top one. If you want a, a, a number one from me that is not considered your top 10, uh, make the Arena door on the spire in adventure a portal similar to how you um go through the portals in the in the adventure to go to like tall tales and stuff uh make a dagger voyage that you vote on outside the door of the arena tavern and when you do it it uh teleports you to a different server that server is now an arena server and you can join arena through adventure oh i'm totally into that totally into that you should be able to go through that door and and transfer to arena totally into that sweet but wouldn't you want those arena turn-ins aren't those cool structures yes i uh a long time ago actually i said that the sea posts should be replaced by those shipwrecks that would be good oh that's a good way for it i like them fishing off the side it's perfect yeah. that's my top 10 awesome well that was ugh, man we we know how to talk tell you what uh that's for we sure. have covered pretty much everything the only thing we didn't talk about really is tall tale one um definitely go back and listen to the actual uh community episode if you want my thoughts on tall tale one uh, i had a good conversation with them um this i think hopefully satisfies the pirate's life update for folks who've been curious about uh our feelings and thoughts on it how they how they brought it to the game how it came about and hopefully with enough lore to interest those uh lore hounds out there that were diving into it and uh i can now for certain say that most of my theories are now recorded and timestamped. So if anyone says that someone else came up with the idea, <laughs> they can just refer back to this episode. Um, Caleb, <laughs> thank you so much for joining me again for this week and, and coming on. I know you generally like to pop on once like a season's out and you've gotten a chance to explore it and, and get some thoughts together and stuff. But with all of this content, it was nice to have you come and spar with uh, regarding the tall tales. It was nice to go out of my comfort zone and talk about lore. I appreciate the invitation. And it's always a delight to come on your show. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, if folks haven't checked out last week's episode to find out where they can get a hold of you or check out your content, um, let's let's do some plugging for you because I've been shilling for Rare and Microsoft for too long. <laughs> you can go to tblazer.net. That's the letter tblazer.net to see all of our podcasts. Uh, you'll probably, if you play role-playing games, you'll like Trailblazer Academy. We teach you how to play some role-playing games and some good mechanics for the game Pathfinder and for all role-playing games in general. And Trailblazers, which is a is a, a like an audio drama mixed with an actual play uh, role-playing game. It's a lot of fun. It's a got a good story. I hope you uh, give it a give it a chance. Start with season two. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, Pirates, if you want to get a hold of me, you can always check out the show notes uh, at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N, C-A-P-T L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com. Join the Keel Hall Discord. Come chat with us. Uh, there's a specific channel for now until an indefinite time where there are spoilers for the tall tales because uh, not everyone's going to be going at it at the same pace. Uh, but hopefully if you've been listening to this, you knew that we were going to be covering spoilers um if not this is your warning and with that pirates thank you i love you and i look forward to sailing with you on the sea of thieves
You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Looking for a Fallout audio drama? It's True Vault Escapades! That's right, follow the death-defying adventures of Detective Walter Camry and his vault girl Bunny as they solve the Wasteland's biggest mysteries. From the dramatic Texas prologue to the high-stakes world of New Vegas, Walter and Bunny risk it all to crack everything from murders, slaver syndicates, and corruption at the highest level in post-nuclear America. True Vault Escapades. It's a Fallout show with a detective twist. Look for True Vault Escapades wherever you get your podcasts. Hey Guardians, we are the Destiny Show Podcast, a weekly podcast about all things Destiny 2. We invite amazing guests from the Destiny community to share their stories and discuss the latest topics from the world of Destiny. Check us out on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, or live on Twitch every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We will see you starside.